suggest a new strategy. Only different in your mind. Welcome to the Smut Hut Podcast, where four friends review smutty Star Wars fan fiction. So grab your green milk, because you're going to be thirsty after today's smut highlights. Welcome, everybody, to the Smut Hut Podcast. I, this is Michelle, a.k.a. P- Commander Poe Hammerin, and you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr under that name. I'm also Indicative55 on AO3. Hey, everyone, it's Mariana. And I am a new hoe with Silent P in the Smut Hut. And you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr as Death Dama. Hi, this is Gay. Uh, I'm Blowjaba the Hut, known in the Smut Hut as Blowjaba the Hut. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and AO3 as Dark Lady K, D R K L D Y K A Y. And this is Sophia. You can catch me on Twitter as Lady of Rebellion and Tumblr and AO3 as Our Lady of Rebellion. And here in the Smut Hut, I am R2, Gimme the D2. And this is the Smut Hut Podcast. And you can find us all at uh, Smut Hut Podcast on Twitter and Tumblr, or you can email us at smuthutpodcast at gmail.com. You can also rate, review us, or send us a Kofi on uh, Kofi. We're on Apple, Google Podcasts, and all that good stuff. So today, today, we are fulfilling one of uh, Death Dama Mediana's, like, biggest dreams, biggest, like, (laughs) hopes for one of the episodes. We're having our diasterisms extravaganza. Yay! It's never going to get old. I don't care. It's going to be our new thing. Every single time we do it. I had to. So to start off our episode, we are, of course, going to be talking about her long form, currently updating fic, Landscape with a Blur of Conquerors. Landscape's now up to 55 chapters and is supposed to be wrapping it up in five chapters. That's not going to happen. I love you, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, we <laughs> love you, Sia, but like, I love you, yeah, Sia, it's but... not going to happen. It's, and it's like, cool if it doesn't. It's, it's cool fine. if it like, doesn't. It's fine. None of us, yeah. we are still going to keep reading. Yeah, and it's up to uh, 265,000 words. Oh my gosh. So like, and we're, and we're not done, and we're not done. The last time that we checked in on this fic was chapter 33 with the butterfly kisses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As we all know, that happened during the masquerade ball that Ray was throwing. And during the party, Finn and Rose sneak in to let her know that there's like a, a pending attack. They, um, there's like an assassination attempt and there's like this really cool fight scene. And we get this wonderful quote about Kylo when he's broken off from the force that Ray is like observing him and she says without the benefits of the force he fought like a barroom brawler that's a hot or that's a hot, a, that's a hot vision as far as i'm concerned it's hot or a smuggler and that just obviously like ripped all of our hearts out of our chest yes because mm-hmm. she's yes. comparing him to her, her, her uh to Han. and then and this is not going to be like a spoiler free review so if you have not read landscapes and you're just like i don't want to know anything about it just like skip over me so 
in long form fashion, chapter 36 is when they finally do it. We finally Jesus, 36 get... chapters? I'm going to be honest. Yes. I, I've only read up to like chapter 22. Uh, long long form fix are real hard for me. I like 15 and under. But I, I valiantly powered through chapter 22 and I'm, I'm going to keep going. It's just, it's just so hard. But finally... Listen, listen. Finally. <laughs> Diasterisms loves to tease us, and there's, like, plenty of stuff leading up to that, but chapter six is when we finally get penetrative sex, <laughs> and... <laughs> Let's be honest, though, that the non-penetrative sex that's been going on has been E for exquisite. Yeah. E yeah. for exquisite. E for exquisite. Yes. And um, we also get the first peek of the force bond during the sex scene is, like, the first time that we kind of get a glimpse of it. And we get this other wonderful line that I just had to share is um, Kylo is like, basically, he's like going down on her and he's like, I have to get you ready. I don't want to hurt you. And Ray says, you're here and we're alive and you're not inside me yet. Nothing can hurt worse than that. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God, Ray. Yep. Yep. Can yeah. I sob in two places at the same time? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can. You can do that. I think that's, like, your special move at this point. <laughs> so- sobbing in two places. Sobbing from both ends. Oh, God. When that, when that happened, all I could think was that Rod Stewart song, Sex Bomb, but instead of Sex Bomb, I started singing, Force Bond, Force Bond. Oh, oh my God. It's a Force Bond. <laughs> Which I know is completely cheesy and corny, but oh, it works for I me love that. Time. No, now we need like a full parody song and like a music video of you going like four spot, four spot. All right, they already did it. They already did it with the shallow, Rayla's yeah, shallow. Yeah, exactly. Song. exactly. It's why not. That, it's not much not. farther of a stretch of a surprise that we could do that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so and then in chapter thirty-eight, we get this really cute um, scene where Kylo and Prince um, a Solador. Isildur. I say Isildur. I say Isolder. Yeah. Isolder. Okay. I feel like Isolder is probably better. I, That's I probably right. I always accentuate right. the I for some reason. Like Isolder. Because I'm thinking of Tristan and Isold. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking that it's like the male version of Isold, and so it's Isolder. And makes see, sense. I'm thinking in With my her head, mom's name. Isildur from fucking Lord of the Rings. Which is cool, too. That's also probably where it came from. The irony is I call it Isildur, so it's like a mix of both. Isildur. Yeah, right? <laughs> Whatever. The great part about reading is that no one cares how you pronounce anything. Right? Isolador. Yeah. Isolador. Isolador. That's how you have to say El padre Isolador. Tu padre Isolador. Oh, my God. <laughs> El rey. El rey Isolador. El rey <laughs> Although I'm not really sorry. No, no, I not I sorry. Love the not idea sorry. Of like four Latinas like sitting around <laughs> talking about Star Wars with like very thick accents from different parts of Latin America. Yeah. Like I would love to just be a fly on the wall during that comment. <laughs> oh, es Star Wars. Oh, yo también. Yo también. <laughs> I just feel like that would be so good. Yeah. It'd be good. So anyway, we have this like scene where Kylo and and the prince are getting drunk together, which is like super adorable because he's just like talking about his marriage and all of his feels for Ray, and just like you know, you know, he's never gonna get the opportunity to do that with Han, which is like whatever, fine, it's fine. Yeah, Thea, um, just fucking tear our hearts out, why don't you? Yeah, yeah, thanks, Thea. And then in chapter forty, we get some amazing glove kink, and. Sex in the supply closet. <laughs> Sex in the supply closet. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because Kylo is about to like 
So Snoke was is was like, you have to come back here and do my bidding. And Kylo's like, fuck, I gotta go, babe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So she's walking him to the hangar or the airstrip or whatever his his vehicle transportation is waiting for him. But they're all like, because now they're they're like doing it and they like doing it. And she's like, they're like, oh, we should. Essentially, they're like, he. I think he was like, I want to give you something, like before I go, and like the something has come. Uh, he gives he her totally like a bunch of her. love love marks. Like he gives her a ton of hickeys. Yeah, that's what's happening, though. He's getting ready to leave because he's like, I can't neglect my empire. I've been here for three weeks with you already. I got to go. And she's like, I can't leave yet, though, because I have to go to this funeral of this nobleman that died during the attack in the castle when they were having their party. So she's like, uh, all right, I guess I'll walk you. And But she's being like super cold to him, like very formal like, and just like she's just leave. trying to protect herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But it, it's also it's also like. It's weirdly like a political thing, like race really starting to come into her own as royalty. And it's also a political thing because it's like, well, if we're the emperor and empress of the galaxy, then we don't answer to anyone. And that includes Snoke. And so she sees the hypocrisy in Kylo's rule. Right. And that like he's really not in charge of anything as long as he answers to Snoke. Yeah. But I think at this point, he's just like. Even so, I have duties that I have to attend to at the First Order. Like, I still have, like, you know, regardless of this kind of no more masters theme that they talk about throughout the throughout the fic, he's like, I still have to go. And she's, like, picturing um, being left behind on Jakku and, like, watching a ship go away from her and telling them, like, them promising her that they're going to come back for her and not. And so she's, like, trying to... Um, shield herself and being like very formal to him and he just like can't fucking take it so he slams the stop button on the turbo lift and like just starts like kissing her and she's like oh there's a supply closet right there let's go yeah yeah so that's amazing and Kylo I think it's the first time that he like that they're really like rough with each other and Kylo's like oh she likes this like okay filing that like away this, for yeah, future we can do this sometimes future use yeah um, and the, the glove kink is just, like, super good. Um, we have some force bond mutual masturbation. Um, yes. They each believe that they are yes. dreaming, though, in this one. Yeah. So, because yeah. it's like the force bond is, is just starting to be a thing. And this is the first time that they've seen each other through the, the force, force bond. The force bond awakens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Yes. Yes. Uh, along with, like... Kay, uh, Kay, sorry, Ray. Kay, yes, me. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm fucking Kylo Ren. <laughs> I'm also Kylo Ren, so I'm both. Yeah, right. I'm fucking myself. <laughs> she just popped right in. She's like, I've been summoned. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, oh, and then after that, we get another, like, Ray is trying to flirt with Kylo, but he's so fucking oblivious scene. Oh, that yeah. Ends in a masterfully written blowjob. Oh, and like, wait, how do you go from flirting to a blowjob? I'm very well, confused. Okay, okay. So she, they fall asleep together, like on a couch in the, like, it was just like a really long day, and they fall asleep together in one of the rooms on the first order. And then she wakes up, and he's like, go back to sleep. And she's like, I'm not tired, but she's trying to say it like in a super seductive way. She's like, oh, but I'm not tired. And he's like, 
oh, well, we have some time before we get to Coruscant. Like, do you want something to eat? And so she's trying to be like, oh, maybe. Like, oh, what am I hungry for? You know, she's trying to be flirty about it. And then he's like, oh, I think we have some Savat cards around here somewhere. He's like, you want to play a game or something until you make up your mind? Leave it to Ben Solo to cock block himself. Can we just talk a minute about how, like, this is how you know that he's Luke's nephew. Oh, my God. just like... Because he's just like, wait, are you hungry? Like, it just completely sails over his head that his wife, his wife, that he's had intercourse with several times now, wants to suck his dick. So that's like the first pass. And then the second pass is that this is how you know he's Han's son. Because he's like, oh, we need to pass the time. Let's play Sabacc. Yeah, let's just play some games. I think we could find a card deck around your How many times was Leia, like, batting her lashes at Han? And Han was like, oh, oh, do you want to play Sabacc? Yeah. <laughs> you how to gamble she's like no stop trying to be impressive you're like you already i'm already to the point like you already got me let's go let's knock it off um but she so she's like ben your wife is trying to seduce you and instead of being like oh okay he's like oh is she oh my no no she says, <laughs> she says i don't know let's check back in with her later like fine I but can't, then he's I like no, please, I'm sorry, seduce me. So then Ray goes into this whole strip tease, and she's wearing, like, white lace panties and a bra made out of pearls. What was she wearing on top of that? Who's? There's no way you wear a bra made of pearls without being able to see it underneath. Is it made out of brocade? Uh, it, it said it was, like, finely knit, that it was, like, small pearls that were, like, finely woven together. But she was wearing, um, like, a, like, uh tulip like a mermaid skirt that was like super tight and black and like a loose black or loose red top because she was in first order colors and there was this like point before they left the like the reef fortress where she was just like listen i know some of you are spies for my for my grandmother but that shit ends now and is like being a fucking boss and i was like kylo just came in his pants that's just what happened she's wearing first order colors i only ask because thea doesn't choose it's what do we call it in that episode like two or three we talked about like Star Wars couture. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. All of the clothing is like and and if you're a new listener and you really want to get into it but you're also like me who's like uh over fifteen chapters how do I live? Um, I have a re- recommendation for you, uh, for like landscape slight. So keep going. Okay. 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 <laughs> so Later. anyway, it ends in this like really amazing blowjob and of course like Ray's kind of like I don't know what I'm doing. So Kylo is also praising her while she's doing it, you know? So Mm -hmm. we've got, like, the praise kink in there as well. Um, (sighs) Oh, and then in the following chapter, of course, Kylo has to pay her back by, like, eating her out and comparing it to a religious experience. But, I mean, we all know this is canon, though. Like, we all know this is canon that Kylo Ren just, like, eats out Rey all day. Um... (laughs) And then, as Maniana would say, who gave him the right? Who gave him that? Who gave him that right? Right. And then, uh, in chapter fifty-two, we have a fabulous spanking scene, which is just like. Tell me more. Tell me more. He's like had a really rough day. Like their relationship is kind of very hot sexually, but and like emotionally, they're like. Either they're either super close or or on the rocks. There's like two extremes. And he's like, please just like 
can we please just be together because I've had this terrible day and she's like, fine, I guess. But then he kind of starts like playing out this fantasy because she's dressed in her robe. I and read that one. Yes. And her like leggings. Yeah. And the, and she has her lightsaber she's, and she's stuff. She's wearing like what she would wear. She's looking real sexy was, Jedi. Well, she's yeah. wearing what she kind of, I guess, would have worn before, like at the beginning of the story. Yeah. Her scavenger clothes. So yeah. So it took him back. Yeah. So then he's like pinning her down and like kind of bossing her around and she's like into it so he's like taking her from behind while he's spanking her it was just okay all right and then she like and then she like tell you she like taps into the into like the bond and that's when she's like you've you've thought of this before my lord yeah yeah she's like oh you've thought about this before and he like stops for a minute he falters and she's like (laughs) like i have no idea what you're talking about i've never thought of this before in my entire life she kind of gets she's like oh you have and i'm like wait a second (laughs) listeners you can't see this but my toes have been curled (laughs) (laughs) i was a Um, pikachu meme the whole time i was like yeah a pikachu meme I just made the face. I just made the Pikachu that was the face. Cutest, that was the cutest Pikachu face I've ever seen. That is way cuter than any Pikachu has ever made a face. Yeah. Mariana, the new Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, Mariana, the new Pikachu. Into it, into it. Um, you're just going to say Mari Mari from now on. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> you, can't, you can't speak. That's it. You can't go pa 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 pow You can only say <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so the, the – and then that pretty much brings us up to where we're currently at, the 55 chapters. There some a lot of stuff that's going on with like Huck's background is kind of being revealed and Huck's like plot you know he's like plotting with the happens that are trying to overthrow Ray and Kylo and whatever which of course I mean he's either trying to fuck Kylo or he's trying to like overthrow him like these are his main like he goes or both at the or same both. time right I'm looking at you destinies yeah chell trying to fuck him or fuck him over exactly yes so that's like i and he doesn't do either uh half-heartedly you know he's like whole ass in there so um we learn a little bit more about that stuff and a little bit more about like the people who are trying to overthrow them and there is just like lots of smut and sex smuttered throughout all of the chapters which is really great um, there are a few more warnings that have been added to the fic. Um, there's a warning for sexual harassment, psycho- psychological and physical abuse, which is mainly coming from Snope to Kylo. There's um, homophobic secession laws, discussion of pregnancy and pregnancy alternatives, losing a loved one, mentions of suicide, and diastrosisms is pretty good about putting it in the notes before um, the chapter if there's a warning. But in chapter 48, the discussion of suicide is not tagged. There's no warning above that chapter. Um, so, you know, make sure you check the notes before you are reading the chapters. If you have any questions, feel free to hit me up on any of my socials. And um, if you have a specific one that you want to know about, and I will let you know, I will help you out, see if that chapter is going to be a good one for you. And then the mutual masturbation scene, since they're both asleep, like I could see how that might be a little, they're not asleep, but they will think that they're asleep. So I could see how that might be a little bit like non-con, a little bit like um, they, they're not fully aware of That's what's happening. Point. I didn't think of that when I was reading it, but you're right. They couldn't fully give consent because they're not really aware of what's happening. Um, But anyway, so, yeah, that's pretty much where we're at now. Ray and Kylo's relationship continues to be like an emotional roller coaster where they just fuck each other's brains out every now and again. It has been fucking 50 chapters. Kids, 
Get your shit together. Space idiot. She just found out about the brothels that he visited before they were married. Wait, what? So, no. So the, he talks How about it. How dare. In he like, have sexual experience before Ray. Well, the person who told her about it was a First Order officer and like made it sound like he frequented these places still. And oh. so she's like all in her head about it because he used to go to brothels and request girls that looked like her before. Oh, and like, he, a, like a certain fic that a certain first order general was featured in (laughs) (laughs) um so they so um and he talks about that like he's like thinking about it earlier on when they are first uh betrothed diasterism talks about it um and so she's just found out about that so that's like another kind of Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I was about to the road for these idiots. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, and I think that is pretty much it. We're all cut up to chapter 55 and I'm sure I'll be giving you all loyal listeners another update when we finally hit 60s. Woo! You know what I find really interesting though about that whole because I haven't caught up. I've been like I, I think the, the furthest I got was a couple chapters after the butterfly kisses. But what I find interesting now is the concept of someone, you know, making a com- comment like that at Ray intentionally to like cause tension between the marriage because like now they've shifted into like this united front, I think. Maybe not necessarily like fully, but so like to everyone else, it's like they want to be for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like I feel like to everyone else now it's like try to cause tension between the two to not like to. For our benefit, politi- politically. Yeah, I think that they're trying to um, get Ray out more because her and Kylo are definitely more in sync, but they do, like, fight a lot. There's a scene where she is in one of the meetings with him and she's just, like, constantly arguing about everything. And he, in the end, he's like, well, thinking to himself, it was my fault I should have briefed her on what we were going to be discussing so she could have brought that stuff up with me instead of being blindsided about in the meeting. Well, like, Hux is, like, is pissed because two of his pet projects were supposed to be approved in that meeting, but they didn't end up getting approved because, basically, to pacify Ray, Kay's... Kay, sorry, fuck. Kay, Kylo. Yes, totally. <laughs> Kylo so, Kaylo <laughs> says that she can submit a counterproposal if she'd like, and it's all, so it would all be above board and, you know, like list out her complaints so he can go over them with her and see if there's anything that they can amend in the, in the bills or whatever, in the laws. So, Hux is pissed because two of his, um, two of his pet projects were supposed to get voted on and they didn't because Ray was there, essentially. There's one that's kind of like lurking out there that Matika's like, oh, we have to vote on this. And um, I keep saying Matika. Matika's like, we have to vote on this. And Kylo was like, oh, no, not now. Meeting adjourned. Bye, everybody. Because <laughs> oh Ray's gosh. there. So then Hux is talking with some of the other members of the council who are also like, part of the group that's trying to overthrow Kylo and um, Ray on uh, Hapes. And he is like, oh, well, you know, we have to find a way to get these back on there. Like, we have to find a way to get them going. And they're like, oh, I know what we could do. We could throw a wrench in their marriage like the other ones are. And Hux is like, whatever. Love is stupid. (laughs) But, like, he doesn't say that, but he's like, that's beneath me. I don't care about that. I'm going to focus on the policy. And they're like, oh, I know what we can do to try to get them further separated from each other, you know. 
So hopefully these dummies, you know, find a way to wrap it up. And he still doesn't know that she's been working with the Rebellion. Of course he doesn't. So, oh, wow. so that's going to be the, the last five chapters. She's going to wrap that up in five chapters, right? Yeah. And I, I think... Uh, <laughs> she has, she's going to yeah. wrap that up in five chapters. I don't think that's going to happen. When I was first, uh, when it was first supposed to be 50 chapters and we were on like 33 and they were just at the uh, masquerade ball and the butterfly kiss scene and everything, I was thinking that I was like, okay, so she still has to find out like how much of an influence Snoke has over him. And he has to find out how much like she's been communicating with the rebellion and they have to deal with all this shit and they still have to like end up happily forever fucking forever. So how are we going to do this? <laughs> no, it's in, too hard. Like, it's too 12 hard. Chapters. It's too hard. And then this is why I give up after about 15 chapters is I'm like, all right, I'm ready to move on. It's time to go. So I love that people are keeping me updated because I need this. And then I can selectively go through and read all the sexy things that I like to read. Let me tell you, if you want my notes later about which sex things happened in which chapters, I will totally forward them to you. Or if any of our listeners want that information, just let me know. Um, one great thing that I like about Diastrosms, though, is that I feel like the world building is really good and that she like rewards us with a smutty thing in almost every single chapter so for me like that keeps me going in long form fix plus i mean come on a dance of titans was like the first fic that i talked about on the podcast fucking like 48 chapters or some shit lucid lucy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm in it 36 to 38 i remember because i remember posting on tumblr to lucid lucy being like I have waited 30 plus chapters to finally get to the point where the three of them have sex and it was worth it. And I remember being like, it was like this weird mix of like relief. Like I honestly had this same sort of like mental feeling that I had like whenever like I finished a hike or like whenever you're like yoga and a massage like when i finish like a whenever i finish like an impossible task and like that just that feeling of accomplishment of just being like yes i'm here i made it i did it i witnessed this so funny it's 46 chapters but it's probably around 33 when they when the three of them first have sex and it's yeah it is too many and that's with and that's with which one Uh, that's a dance of titans. Uh, then dance of titans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if if you're one of those people who wants to have a taste of uh, Star Wars couture, but doesn't want to commit to twenty some odd chap, fifty okay. some odd chapters, sixty chapters, <laughs> sixty chapters. God, I'm so sorry. Um, I would suggest uh, Mirror Bright, uh, which we have talked about on the show before. Uh, Mirror Bright is a uh, Jedi bodyguard Ray. And uh, Senator Ben Solo AU. Um, I talked about, I think, in conjunction with another one that we recommended that was a lot more smutty. Uh, this one written by Diastrosms is like still sexy. There's some come play. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's real hot. Um, <laughs> but uh, so one of the tags is T- TFW, your own bodyguard wants to push you into a lake because uh, Ben Solo does not take no for an answer. Um, she does all of her trademark really hot sex, uh, good banter, a lot of like lovers to enemies to lovers. And then she also has a very good, um, uh, all of her beautiful like clothing descriptions and her world building is really good. Um, and this one's only six chapters and it is, um, Oh Jesus Lord. 31,000 words. So it's still a pretty long like six it chapters. Feel like it, but it doesn't feel like it. It goes really fast and it's really fun to read. Yeah. Cuz that's 
Oh, yeah. So yes. uh, Mirror Bright is a good one if you kind of want to see, if you want to commit yourself to um, uh, landscapes, because I would say that this is a good, it's a good, like, dipping your toes in her writing style and dipping your toes into how she how she builds her worlds. Um, do we mention uh, what Thea Diastrism's uh, handles it, are on there? Is it Thea or Thea? Oh, I always, Thea? I always, Thea? I say Thea, but that's just my assumption. I haven't Thea? actually asked her. Okay. Uh, yeah, I say Thea also. And um, sorry can, if that's wrong. Correct us if it's wrong. Just yeah, send us an audio us clip. Wrong. Yeah. So send us an audio clip of how you say your name and all of the characters in your fix. Yeah. So um, diasterisms is diasterisms. That's a Delta India Alpha Sierra Tango Echo Romeo India Sierra Mike Sierra on Ao3. Um, they're also listed as What Becomes of Us, all, be, all one word, and All My Decembers, all one word, on AO3. Um, I, does Diastrisms have Twitter? She does. Do you know? Yeah, she's okay. at Kylo Ren Vivo on, that's it. on Twitter. And that's, I believe that's what she is also on Tumblr. Yes. yes. Yeah, I believe yes. that's on Tumblr as well. I'm not sure if she has a, um, a Kofi or anything else set up or a Patreon set up, but you should definitely check it out. Yeah, give her give her the cutest. Uh, she's got a cute little bio on Ao3. Uh, Thea twenty nine, Libra, Sanguine, ENFP, Chaotic Neutral, Slytherin, mom to two turtles and a cat. Oh God! Oh, and God. her cat, Darth Pancakes. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh, pancakes! Oh my God. Her updates from her cats so are so hilarious. He just looks so cranky and fat and adorable. <laughs> and her most recent post was like, "Was like, should I put him on a diet?" And then ninety percent of people were like, "No, no," yeah, because he was so cute and fat. Never. You, you leave that baby alone. Yeah. <laughs> Poor kitty. You I let that him. baby live his best I love life. Him. Okay. All right. All right. I think that that would move us on to uh, something that. Uh, we're saying Thea? I'm saying Thea. 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 I say Thea. Okay, yeah. well, I'm just going to try to make it like it so it's, it's the same. So something that Thea doesn't do as often, but uh, something that we think she does very well, which is her modern AUs. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, like, tell me how you feel about her modern AUs, uh, Mariana. Honestly, yeah. So for her modern AUs, I feel like she has like a, such a masterful way of bringing canon t- into the modern verse like seamlessly so she'll do like no matter what theme she picks for an au she'll like meticulously research details about oh my god what it so is that she's much centering. research so much whether it's that she's you know like focusing on someone that's an archaeologist someone that studies snakes whatever it is that she she really researches her work and is nuanced in whatever it is that that she, like went in her world building um and it's just such an incredible like ability of hers to be able to bring themes over from canon into like the modern world. She's able to build the same tension between the same characters. Uh, she she creates like more realistic modern obstacles that would keep them apart from each other or bring them together. It's it's just like incredible that she does that, and it's it's just ironic to her. I mean, I guess I understand why she says she feels like she's out of her wheelhouse when she's in modern AU because she is so good at doing like the canon compliant AUs. So, but I think she does an amazing job. I think the fact that she's so nuanced in Star Wars and the extended universe gives her a leg up when it comes to writing anything that would be a modern AU because she's able to stick to the characters, stick to the, like how they would be. 
Yeah, that's one thing um, that you brought up, Mariana, that I really like about her, too, is that she does all of her research and she has really detailed notes and links at the end. And I think... Yeah, it's nice. You can go down to a wiki rabbit hole. Right. But I think that's one of the (laughs) things that inspires so much art around her works. I mean, just looking at uh, Landscape with the Blair Conquerors, there's just like mood boards and people um, drawing scenes and... It's just amazing. And then if there's a reference that you don't understand, it's not like it doesn't feel like gatekeeping, you know, like because you can just go down to the links at the bottom and be like, oh, I hadn't heard of this character before or with her AUs like, oh, I didn't know this reference before. And now I do. And I love the way that she is the little star, the more, you know, but the way that she (laughs) the way that she is about it also is very like not it's it's a humble or like relatable in the way that she will be like oh my gosh i had to go and do all this research to know this or instead of she being geeks like, out about doing yeah, research is what she but does she doesn't she really does she doesn't take on this like attitude of like i knew all of this but for those of you who don't know here are the links you know yeah so i love that she, that she has that attitude and going back to like the impact of the the way of the world building of the modern au's especially with landscapes i remember last year and i can't believe that it's been this long that it's been going on but like the was it those awards that they have in New York that Anna Wintour selects you for? Uh-huh. Which was that, that the, the gala? The gala, right? yeah. yeah. So the gala from last year, when or, the theme was, was like... The Met. It was at the... The Met, yeah. Yeah. Um, the theme last year was like the Catholic Church or something like that. Or yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, when yeah, everyone... Yeah, yeah. The Vatican when, is what I think it might have been. When everyone was showing up, I remember I messaged Thea and I was like, you have to look at all this. Because it was right before she was going to have the, the, the festival or whatever it is that they had. The dance... And the like, masquerade just, ball. The masquerade ball, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I just remember thinking, like, this is exactly what it would look like. This is exactly how extra they would all be. So, yeah. to me, that's, like, telling that that's one of the first thoughts that I had when I was saying something like that. Like, she does such a good job of, like, imprinting her story into, like, the modern uh, culture, pop culture. Yeah. For me, I really appreciate her her writing style. Um, and I, yeah, I super agree. Like the, the research that she does, like she's very meticulous and she's, she has really found that stride where I don't, I, I don't know what her process is entirely. Right. Like there's only so much I can reverse engineer from reading her works, but she has definitely hit a stride in my opinion of where she is researching and, and is able to collect information in such a way so that when she's utilizing it in the fic, it doesn't feel like too much. It's kind of fun. It's 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 fun in a sense of like, look at all this cool shit that I know. I'm going to put it in here so that you know it too. Like it doesn't come, like you were saying earlier, like it doesn't come with that sense of gatekeeping. It really comes with this like, I am so excited about these things that I learned. I can't wait to share I, them Yeah, and I want to share them with you. Mm-hmm. And it's generous. Her writing is generous. I think that that's probably the best way that I can categorize it. Is that Absolutely. It, it, what, yeah, that it's she's very generous with what she gives the reader. Well, see, and I like that her modern AUs are kind of... Like, I've read a lot of her in her canon stuff, you know, in-universe stuff, and the in-universe stuff is very rich. I feel like there's lots of descriptions. And one of the great parts about her modern AUs is that they're sparse, but in, like, a very like current way um especially when we're talking about um the one that's the longest that i really enjoyed which is ghost walks gin and fog um and this um, au uh ray and uh ben are actors 
um, in a uh, like a teen post like post apocalyptic dystopian like uh, show. <laughs> And so the way she writes a lot of her her dialogue there, and the, the story is really fast-paced. Like, I think it's only six chapters, and uh, that six chapters goes, like, at a good, fast pace. Um, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything because she really does build... She's very true to character. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like sometimes with AUs, you get a lot of characters who who are what they could be if they were in AUs, and I feel like that's a good AU indication, is that I could put Rey as a character in Star Wars, give her a similar backstory, and drop her off in, you know, 2019 of the of the United States, and she would still act the same way. And I get that, even though her writing is more sparse um, in these modern AUs, those, that, that feeling of, of richness still comes across and, and authenticity, because I really enjoy having, uh, characters that are authentic. And in this case, you know, that pluckiness that Ray has is very, very apparent in her modern AUs, um, here, you know what I mean? Uh, especially in Ghost Walks, Gin and Fog, which I really enjoy. Oh, yeah. All right. So what other modern AUs were we going to touch on today i think uh we were gonna be talking about lilies of uh, the valley lilies of the valley cover me with kisses make my garden grow (laughs) yeah that one's that one's quite interesting because i actually thought it was gonna go very differently i thought it was gonna be longer but it's not very long lilies of the valley uh okay it's like such a special fic because for like for me it was super unexpected so Lilies of the Valley, it's um, only about 8,000 words. It's published as one chapter, but it's kind of broken up into these parts. Which is weird. I swear that when I read it the first time, it was broken up into chapters. And then when I went back to it, it was only like this one thing. Because at the I, I could have sworn that I remembered having the... Um, like meaning for a chapter to update or something. Like the meanings of each of the flowers that were used she did. in the chapter. Each chapter. Yeah. At yeah. the end. Yeah, I remember yeah. that too. Maybe she reformatted it. Oh, okay. Okay. I, because, yeah, I love Language of Flowers, so I really love this one. Right. So that's, that, that's what I wanted to touch on, was this Language of the Flowers business. Um, the, the, the floreography, <laughs> as it's listed at the end. <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing, honestly. Yeah. So wait. So who who else? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna go like all in on sort of the Jedi. So yeah. Who wants to talk about Lilies of the Valley? I mean, I it was kind of assigned to me in the sense that like I didn't think yeah, I would yeah. get through anything. And I think this is probably a good place for me to like kind of just summarize like where it's coming from. Every girl is entitled to the mistake, the one colossal fuck up that permanently alters the terrain of who you are. You'll either learn from it or you won't. So it might as well have to be, have yeah. been the time of your life. Sorry, Mariana. The scent of flowers and the <laughs> electricity totally that charges. Like- the space between her and Ben and she decides that this might as well be it uh don't even bother I mean I don't even know why I read that it's not really giving you any indication of what's happening in this fic I love diasterisms because she has a beautiful way of writing but you literally have to read the fic in order to understand what anything this is about this flower shop yep. AU is essentially about Ray comes in so she can send a hate bouquet to somebody so if you're about that like go for it she wants to send a hate bouquet to fucking Luke Skywalker because he flunked her on a test and she has birthday money from her adopted parent at the moment who is Maz 
Um, and Maz has this birthday money and she walks into this flower shop that's like real bougie and uh, she sees Kylo sitting there like with these beautiful arrangements around him and he's just like, who are you sending this to? You're sending a hate bouquet, you have $50. And she's like, send it to Luke Skywalker, care of Nima University or something like that. And he goes, oh, don't worry, it's on the house. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, the tags are pretty, like, chill. Like, there's nothing really exciting about this. Uh, I mean, the language of flowers, fluff and smut, there's nothing ridiculous. She did write this for a Valentine's fic exchange. Um, and it's only one chapter, and it's uh, 8,053 words. So it's still, it's really short, and everyone can swear that they read it, like, as a multi-chapter fic. Yeah. But how would you, okay, so she, anyway. She, re, she can reformat yeah. it. She probably so, yeah, did. that makes did, sense. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's very sweet. Her and Ben have some really good uh, tender moments. There's a lot of fluff going on. And they don't actually do it, do they? Right? They get pretty hot. But there is no actual penetrative sex at the end, which is which is a change and it's really nice and it This one fucks our emotions. Yeah, yeah and it's really it's really nice the way that um the way that I feel like Kylo takes care of Ray. He's always trying to feed her. Yeah. He knows how much she loves these flowers, so he gives them to her like at every moment of every day. Yeah. And I really appreciate that in a fic is just him taking care of her because let's be honest, poor Ray has not had anyone taking care of her. She has to take care of herself, and so it's nice when Ben takes it on. Yeah. Agree. agree. One thing that I really liked about this fic is that um, is the the language of flowers, like Sophia was saying. It's just like it's so good, and there's a lot there that I feel like normally would have come across in the Force. Like, there's a part where she runs into Ben and Han, and Han's like, oh, go on a date with my son, ha, ha, ha. And Kylo's like, oh, dear God, like, please get me out of here. And then later, um, Ray's, like, goes to the flower shop and is talking to him, and he's basically saying, like, I'm not interested, you just need to leave me alone. Such a lie. Don't fucking lie to me, Ben Solo. But the bouquet that he is working on... That's part of why I thought this this fic was so unexpected. Like, the fact that... It, I really feel like it's so... This is why, like, Diaster is so amazing to me. Like, literally, this is a Valentine's request fic, right? This is just, like, a for fun, like, I'm gonna do this well, thing Well, and I think a lot of these are prompted, too. Right. So the prompt was, like, language right. of flowers. Yeah, and the fact that she... That, like, th- like Diaster was just like, oh, you want language of flowers? I'm gonna fucking give you language of flowers, right? <laughs> and, right. And she figured out a way to make it fit into our expectations of the characters um, in, in a way that was super satisfying and educational, which is, like, always ridiculous. Like, when I'm learning things yeah. and I'm turned on and it's new and different, I'm just like, I'm being satiated in a lot of ways that I was not expected to be satiated, Thea, and, like, who gave you the right? Right? Thank you. <laughs> it's such an innovative way to, like, Educate. Yeah. Like I feel like I've learned so much from Thea. So um so in this in this fic, uh it's like this small university like college town setting. Um and so so that's cute for me because I went to school in a small town in Jersey. Um and so I could totally envision this. <laughs> Did you just say you went to a school in a small town in Jersey yes. referencing Princeton? Yes. <laughs> I just I just I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just thought that was really funny. It's I was okay. like, I went to a school in small town in Jersey. It was named Princeton. People don't even know that. They don't even know that. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. That name drop was like the most 
hilarious name drop without the name in the world. No one's gonna know. There's plenty of small towns in Princeton that have schools. So like, I mean, small in, towns in, in Princeton, no, huh? Small towns in New Jersey. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. Mariana, you. you will not include this. Yes, so, you will I include won't. it. No, no, we you want. Won't. We want to gas up Sophia no, all day. This is, there's zero reason to do that. Uh, no. So so I. I related I related to this a lot because I could I could sort of like picture this this little town, um, and Ben's mom so so Leah she's um, she like the mayor or she's like a senator or something, but she's like involved in like local politics and so there's a scene where he's working on a corsage for his mom, because she basically wants to wear a flower arrangement on her chest that's a big fuck you to her opponent. Um, and this is like such like again. This is how diasterisms is like taking these things and turning it into a way that really works for our expectations of the characters that we know and love from the original from the mo- from the original uh, movies. And so like yeah, like can't you just totally see like Padme's daughter being like, I'm gonna figure out a way to let you know that I hate your guts with flowers. Yeah, like that like tongue-in-cheek almost kind of way yeah. like a totally socially acceptable kind of way that nobody would know unless yeah. they fucking knew and if they knew they were gonna fucking know yeah because yeah and it's it's great and i just like i'm like did she just give me naboo vibes without even ever mentioning naboo like yep is she is she doing that right now yep if you think about it that totally is what padme's grandson would do is to get make his career be how can i like be extra in the way that I and like aesthetically pleasing and fancy in the way that I communicate yes. my disdain toward you yes I don't know if she did it on purpose but I do kind of like the opposite Persephone Hades kind of thing going on here where Ray shows yeah. up in like a black leather motorcycle jacket and yeah, stuff and right. kind of with like the king of the flowers oh yeah oh that is some really good iconography Thea like injects the Hades and Persephone like trope into like a lot of of her writing even if she intends like i just said that it was like in true form for padme's grandson to get into that you know but i wanted to sophia did you have any more thoughts on it um i mean like on the off chance that there are people out there who are raylos but who also just like really fucking love botany i mean Now's your time. Off chance. Honestly, this is just for you. There's already been a fic written about that. (laughs) And for those of you like me who just like love, I mean, and Sophia too, and the rest of of the show, that we love to learn things as we read. I think that uh, diasterisms, that Thea is able to do this both in like the modern AU and in canon compliant, whether it's teaching you about like the extended universe. Yes, I've learned so much. We can get into that later, but. Yeah. He has taught me so much about the extended we'll get, universe that we'll, I feel like, we'll, like, she, like, okay, so, like, listen, so, like, okay. So, obviously, if it wasn't obvious before, I was not born when the original trilogy came out. What? You're, yeah, you're not the age of my mother? No. But, <laughs> but I grew up watching it on VHS. Um, yeah. And so, and I didn't completely understand it yeah. growing up. Yeah. I was just like, oh, there's teddy bears in the woods, and then, like, oh, there's a guy in a black mask. Um, my mom says it's James Earl Jones, but when he takes the mask off, it's a white guy. So, like, 
Also, that reminds me of a really great scene in uh, Reign of Fire. I don't know if anyone's into dragons here and read a lot of Anne McCaffrey, but I did. And Reign of Fire is my favorite dragon movie. It's with Christian Bale and yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. And at one point, Christian Bale is, there's, there's literally dragons have come to our present day earth and have obliterated everything. So yeah. there's like a group of like refugees who are like hiding down in like these mines. And, uh... Christian Bale's the leader, and Christian Bale is trying to, like, you know, uh, entertain the younglings, essentially. And he's entertaining them by doing Star Wars with them. Like, he's essentially doing what C-3PO does in the Return of the Jedi for the Ewoks. He's, like, doing it, and they're fighting with sticks, and some guy's breathing funny, and, oh, it's so good, and that just reminds me of just that. That's adorable. I had to. So watch Rain of Fire, it's so good. That's adorable. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so, so I, grew up, I grew up watching the original series on VHS, not really completely understanding what it was. Then the prequels came out, and, you know, to my, like, young millennial mind, all that CGI and shit was, mm-hmm. like, really cool. Yep. So I was all for yeah, it. Yeah, so I went to go see all the prequels when they came out, and they have not aged well. No, they have not. But I, no. it was really good to get to get a backstory and to understand, and, and that made me appreciate the original trilogy more. So so that's what the, the prequels did to me. Now, I am not saying, I want to make this very clear. I want, I want to make this very clear to anyone who's listening <laughs> right now, because like I'm trying to set up like a very specific kind of metaphor, and I might fail at it, and I'm okay with that because I'm a human and I make mistakes. But I don't want anyone to walk away from this episode thinking the wrong thing. So I just want to make it very clear (laughs) that I am not comparing Diasterism's body of work to the prequels. That is not what I am doing. Okay? I am not saying that it is like the prequels in terms of quality. That is not what I am saying. What I am saying is that Diasterism's body of work has given me so much information about the fandom between the original trilogy and the prequels, right? The extended universe, like all of that stuff, all of the books that were written, all of the characters that were introduced, all of the minutiae, all the details. All even the in her little, AUs. Even yeah, in her AUs. All the little bits of, of, of culture and of, of all the different races and species that were involved in this, you know, amazing world that Lucas set up for us. She with just her body of work, right? That she's not making cartoons. She's not making film. She's literally just like writing regular words on AO3. She has filled in so much knowledge for me about the fandom and about what is taking place in this world, in this universe. You know, like I, I finally actually bothered to like um, Google search the, the fucking um, Star Wars alphabet, the, um... Aberish. Yeah, Aberish, uh, alphabet, right? Like, just all these, like, following those, all those links that she posts, and mm-hmm. just going down, a, you know, the falling down a wiki rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. Yeah. I learned so much because of Diastrum's body of work. She's like, the, she's like a YouTube channel, like, when you're on YouTube, yeah. and you click on one thing, and you're, like, learning how to, this, yeah, and learning that. Yeah, yeah. I've, le- I've learned so much, and, um, and, like, weirdly, like, just to, like, add a, like, a, a, a brief point of comedy here... Weirdly, like, the thing that sticks out to me the most that I learned is that apparently in the Star Wars universe, there's something called air cake. Oh, yeah. It's a light, fluffy yep. cake light. called air cake. Yeah. So is it, like, I'm a like, Japanese cheesecake? I'm like, I want to try that. make it sound so I good. I don't know. Uh, I mean... In my head, it makes me think it's a Japanese that's, one of those jiggly ones. Legit. That makes sense. I'm jiggling like it right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, but just just all these all these little bits and pieces of the Star Wars universe that I never would have learned from the movies. And and I will say in her in her uh, AU's that aren't based necessarily in Star Wars. I keep talking about Ghost Walks, Jen and Fog, Jen and Fog. So well, I'm gonna just, just gonna, yeah, just gonna just move us in there uh, because those notes are very detailed as well. Uh, the summary is: I don't like your manners. She sniffed, and. It, I'm not crazy about yours, he retorted. So they were apparently Bogey and Bacall now, and maybe she could blame the alcohol in the morning like all good girls did. Um, this fic is a uh, AU, as I said, mentioned earlier, about uh, Ray and Ben being uh, two actors on a dystopian uh, universe, and she is basing it on a um, young adult fiction novel called... Awakening, uh, the Delirium Trilogy by Lauren Oliver, where love is forbidden and essentially like DNA mentally snipped out of you by drugs and uh, surgeries. And so people don't fall in love. They just make test tube babies. And so uh, Ray and and, uh, Finn are the two uh, people who are supposed to be like in love with each other. Their their actors are supposed to be in love with each other when they're their characters in, in the film. Um, in the show, excuse me. And so they talk a lot about the OC. They drop a lot of names about like 90s, like Dawson's Creek. And they talk about movie. There's a whole yes. bunch of like, and this is the kind of I stuff. I know, I love it. Yeah, so this is the kind of stuff that we talk about diasterism, doing a lot of detailed work. All this kind of like name dropping in the bottom. She talks about a couple articles that she used in order to take the inspiration from this. So the story is, is that, uh, you know, Ray is They're a living housekeeper. In like a- a Hollywood, but not Hollywood. Yes, she names it yeah, she names else, a Corellia, right? essentially. Um, and so uh, they're in Hollywood, raise a housekeeper at uh, the hotel where Anakin died. And the running joke is, who did Anakin die with? Like, that's the secret. Like, one of those old, famous, he's an old, famous Hollywood star. So who did he die with? Oh, he died with... Um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix and River Phoenix in the same room. No, he died with... I think... I mean, it's, sorry, it's a whole list of, like, random-ass people. No, I just, I, I think I remember reading into that, that, like, I think it's uh, Belushi, that when Belushi died yes, uh, yes, that's in real life, when Belushi died in the hotel, everyone was like, you know, the same thing happened. So she basically pulled from that mm-hmm. to, like, to the story. Yeah, so there's a lot of, like, songs that she talks about that, like, really inform the mood of the of the fic as well. So, uh, Ray's a housekeeper. She worked in the same hotel that uh, Anakin died in way after he died, but everyone always likes to talk to her about it. She went in for a casting call and got casted uh, for Luke Skywalker's new period drama, uh, a dystopian drama about love not being existing. So the premise is that her and Finn uh, run away together because they want to be in love and they don't want to get the surgery. And of course, you have the you have Kylo. Uh, and so the funny part is is that uh, the characters in the fic are Ray and Ben, but in the actual. Uh, TV show, it's Daisy and Adam. So you have to get your names, like, all straight. So Daisy and Adam, the characters, um, you know, have all this chemistry on screen because they really have a really hard time... um, connecting but they do so they have this chemistry on screen luke ends up changing it so that uh finn and uh ray's characters end up breaking up and it ends up turning into this like star-crossed lovers sort of feel but in the background the real you know ben and ben and ray are struggling ray is trying to find her place in this she placed in this all as an actress and trying to decide i hate wearing these dresses i hate going to these events but i have to be here 
Um, my friends are all young and we're having a good time, but I'm very drawn to this tall, dark, handsome, angsty man. And uh, when we meet Ben, yeah, right? When we meet Ben, he's he's already broken. Like he's broken. He's trying to put himself back together individually he was a drug user he accidentally um pushed his accidentally but on purpose pushed his dad off of a balcony but his Han lives um but he's he's having a really hard time tr holding it together and he sees Ray as essentially his missed youth like mm. he he sees her and he wishes that he were a better person for her and so he wants her so badly he loves her and he he feel like he realizes that he loves her almost before they really have a lot of interaction together um and he realizes that it's he's not good for her so he pushes her away pushes her away and he's um he'd worked for the first order he'd worked for snoke he'd worked for hux and he quit because uh he was also doing a lot of drugs so that's part of the trigger warnings i would give a lot of uh, my readers if you have problems with substance abuse um he does have a relapse in this um substance being alcohol he doesn't relapse into any hard drugs but he does he does have some substance abuse issues and so because of that uh he doesn't feel like he deserves Ray, and because of his actions previously, he doesn't deserve her. And so she's constantly like, not sure. Will he? Won't he? Will he? Won't he? Won't he? So if you're looking for that kind of like tabloid sort of feel, it's very fun because there is there is a lot of this like tabloid feel. You've got interviewers. It has this like old time Hollywood feel, like this glamorous. I just I don't and know. And it is. I love it's it. so quick. It's the same way like I mentioned with um with uh our Lilies of the Valley. Like it's a quick fic. It's six chapters and uh it's that uh 41,000 words and it's it's just it's really fast and really fun um and it's got a lot of angst that kind of like tears you up I was not expecting to get so caught up in it but I really was very caught up in it what I really love is she really does keep that whole thing going about her being able to bring in like canon compliant characters yeah mm -hmm. and well characters and like situations mm -hmm. and like she brings them and injects them into the story because there's a pivotal moment for ray that is like echoed in the last jedi where like they're in you know when she goes to ben after to kylo after she goes and like sees herself in the mirrors there's like a situation that's like pivotal in the same kind of like thing but like modern like a modern adaptation of it so i that's like one of my favorite moments of like the whole thing. I really, I really enjoyed this fic. Um, I enjoyed how engrossing it was, and I really enjoyed how, how well written it was, and how how on point the characters felt. Like they weren't. I didn't feel like they were out of character. You know, uh, Finn and Poe are together. You have um, Jessica Pava there, and you have you know Finn's kind of this like devil may care kind of guy. I'm sorry, a Poe is this devil devil may care kind of guy who just like wants to have fun wants to bring people on into the next like the next new thing and uh you know Finn's there always very steady like hey how are you doing and my one of my favorite running jokes for this whole thing is uh they make a lot of like funny similes about like so how 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 pissy is is Kylo Ren today <laughs> and so I didn't make a note about them but they were like talking about like sad smiley emoji like <laughs> Like what? What it was like? It was like DefCon one, two, and three. But no, it was just weird. Like it was like weird things. Like pouty, pouty uh, Dawson's Creek uh, blonde guy. What's his name? 
<laughs> oh my gosh, yes, James yes. Vanderbeek. I can't remember what they are, but they're so good. Every five seconds, they're like, they're like, "What level? What level of of, of sad is yeah, he? At? James Vanderbeek. Yeah, James Vanderbeek sad. Is he? Is he? Is he Darth Bane? Is he a Batman sad? Batman angry? Oh so that's God. like one of my favorites. So it's just she has a lot of really good banter and a lot of like good inside jokes that are very enjoyable. So the last AU I'd kind of like to talk about that. Uh, uh, Diastrisms does is the surface of last scatterings. I really enjoyed this fig, but it is a little bit out there, but I like weird out there fix. Okay, so the summary is, they exist as bodies in the space between heartbeats now, and lifelines adrift in the reckoning. So like always, don't fucking read the summary. It does not tell you what's going on in here. Uh, our additional tags are dubious science. It came from outer space, free form. It's the end of the world and we're going at it like rabbits because why not? References to mass suicide and mental instability and other forms of apocalyptic, apocalyptic darkness. Excuse me. Uh, so it, it, like it said at the last tag, it's it's apocalyptic fic. Uh, in this case, uh, Ray is the adopted granddaughter of Obi Wan Kenobi, and Obi Wan Kenobi is a astronomer who has discovered a brand new planet. Uh, that seems to be doing some weird-ass shit. I don't know science, so weird-ass <coughs> shit. I mean, that's the reason why it said it was a dubious science. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize in advance to anyone in the STEM field for picturing the science. Yeah, and so oh my the planet is called called Ramina, and so that's Ray's real name, but they call her Ray. And so this planet has this weird oh, I did start reading fucking this. orbit okay. where it's like goes away from the Earth, but then oh, comes back around. I started reading this one. <laughs> yeah, me See, too. I, I told did. you. It's I started reading this weird. too. And so I was like, is Ray an alien? You should have seen my notes. I like wrote this whole Word document on my computer at work, and then I forgot all of it. But mostly it was like I made a list of all diastrisms fixed and was like, all my questions as I'm reading the summaries, which was a lot of questions because the summaries didn't you? tell me anything. I'm a librarian. Just, wait, I have to channel my Rachel Weiss here. Hold on. I am a librarian <laughs> from The Mummy. Um, and so my my question, the only question I had for this fic when I was making notes was, is Ray an alien? Um, no, she is not. <laughs> but essentially this planet ends up being really scary because it's getting closer and closer and it's going out of orbit and it looks like it's going to hit Earth. And so uh, Ray's an astronomy student. She follows in her father's footsteps. Everyone's obsessed with this uh, planet because it was named after her as a little girl. And uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's dead. She's now moved to the States and she's uh, being taught under uh, Luke Skywalker, who's also an astronomer. And of course, Ben is a lawyer for First Order and Snoke is a big presence in here and he wants lots of weird shit. There's a very weird turn in the fic where there is some kidnapping and there is some violence. So I hope you're, you prepare yourself for that as well. I would say that's a, a content warning there. It is, I don't want to spoil it because it is fucking weird. It is fucking like, are you serious? I did not expect this to turn out this way. But there's some very good, not too smutty fucking, which is really nice. <coughs> I enjoyed a lot of that. Uh, there is a lot of instantaneous like connection between the two of them. Um, bottom line is, is that Kylo has always loved Rey from the moment he saw her on TV. And he's always kind of followed her and he's always kind of kept an eye on her as uh, the namesake of this planet that is essentially coming to destroy Earth. And so the post-apocalyptic like nonsense that happens is a whole bunch of people are blaming the this this planet uh, 
you know, falling into uh, Earth as being Ray's fault because she's named after it. So they're like, we're going to oh kidnap gosh. her and we're going to sacrifice her and this planet is going to stop, like, hurting us. Yeah. Essentially, what that's, like, that's like the weird po- apocalyptic shit. Sophia's face! Yeah, it's like oh fucking zombie. You just imagine all the shit would happen in a zombie movie. That shit happens here, okay? And, uh, you know, like... <laughs> Ray and Ben just lock themselves in the apartment and fuck everywhere, essentially, while they're waiting for the world. <laughs> Look at Sophia. Wait, wait. Sophia's telling me to wait. Hold on. I got a Sophia face. Just one second. Thea, I'm really sorry I didn't finish reading this. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> it is bonkers and so good. Um, the utter disrespect uh, that we didn't finish this, honestly. I'm so ashamed. Well, and I will say, I will say, if you don't like a nice, like, pat ending where all the ends are wrapped up, this is a very open-ended ending. Uh, and so it's very, so be prepared for sort of like a, what could have happened? I don't know. I'm going to use my imagination. Like, be prepared for that. And I also want to take this opportunity to thank Kay <laughs> for going the distance where none of us did. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's one of those things where you say you're going to, what's the word? Like, like I'm going to go the distance. I'm going to read all the fics that no one's read. And then, you know, don't judge a book by, your, by its cover. Don't judge a fanfic by its summary. The end. Yeah, you're right. Or by its tag. Yeah, by know. its tag. Because there's actually, never yes. enough tags. Or, or actually, yes. Judge it by its yeah, tags. Right. Lesson learned. Sorry. Lesson learned. <laughs> and uh, Ghostwalks are both rated M also. So they're yeah, a little so they're... bit, I think, lighter than stuff that we would normally go into but i hadn't ever even heard of the alien one yet i feel yes. like super embarrassed <laughs> because it does not Listen, tag as aliens to me, it is aliens though i started reading it because secret rayla was talking about it yeah uh, yeah like last week i was yeah. like okay this is like sounds really really it's, fascinating it's, it's real so interesting i need to finish yeah it. no just be prepared for weird that's all i have to say but in this case she does put a lot of conversation about the different stars that we talk about and the different celestial bodies in the earth uh she in, in the universe she does talk a lot about uh she does put in a lot of canon compliant characters because uh it is there there are a lot of canon compliant characters like mon Mafa is the uh is the president of the united states essentially i would um, vote for her i would too she seems very calm <laughs> those boffins many of them died uh so yes uh it is it is her tags are very meticulously researched and even when she's playing around with science like she is in this one um she's still doing her research and putting in the effort and we just we really appreciate that about her so yeah all the au's <laughs> and then, so, uh, that's the last AU for UK? Yes, that is the last AU. There's a couple others that were, like, kind of, like, in the middle of AUs, but I didn't have a chance to read all of them, so those are the ones I had. Yeah, I, so, I for example, um, I've talked about this before, but, like, Into the Great Laugh of Mankind is, like, the sort of, like, archaeology AU. And Because You're There, which is the Trash Triplets we talked about yes. on episode 9, that's yeah. also another AU as yeah, well, a modern so, AU. So, mm-hmm. feel free to, uh... <laughs> Go back and listen to our other episodes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Into the Great Laugh Laugh of Mankind is episode eight, which I haven't finished yet. So that's why. But it's okay. Okay. Hopefully it'll be up before the time we do this. So, yeah. Yeah, we will. We will. So uh, moving on, Mariana. I know we've all been anxiously awaiting you. So I read this is actually was my introductory fic to deasterisms. This is uh, World Without End. And she wrote this as part of, like, a Raylo anthology collection. And the trope is that it's a retelling of Hades and Persephone. So it's a canon-compliant retelling of Hades and Persephone. Um, And I feel like it just 
it does a, like an amazing job of of weaving in the the Greek mythology. Uh, and I also want to before I go into this because I feel like this is really really important. This was published over a year before The Last Jedi. Just want to like start with that. When we, okay. Whenever we're like, and this happened before The Last Jedi. Like what we're trying to tell people is, because I wasn't one of these people, but what we're trying to tell people is, is that like there's a large number of people who watch TFA and they were like, Raylo is a thing. And, and not only that, but I do want to like take a moment to lift up the women in the fandom because the more I read their fan fiction and the meta, the more I realize that they, they do the hard work when it comes to like actually sitting down and analyzing things to the point where they've been able to predict things. And that's one of the reasons why I'm pointing this out because this is, this is a year over a year before the, the last Jedi comes out. So, all right, this, she told me today also that this is, was her first explicit, fan fiction. I, I love that there was there was a part where she says she's blushing the entire time. I can't remember what fic it was in the notes. She was like, just so you know, I was, I think it might have been this fic. Just so you know, this was the entire, I blushed the entire time I wrote this, the things I do for this fandom. I just want her to shush her mouth because she writes exquisite explicit shit. So thank exquisite, you. Like, diastrism. We are not underselling it. No. We are not. And this was her first, this was her first one. So I just want to point that out. The variety. I mean, seriously, if you are planning on reading landscapes, do it. Because, like I was mentioning earlier in that review, it's just like almost every chapter we get something. And we've gotten, like, complex. We've gotten, like, lots of, like, mutual masturbation. Like, the uh, glove kink. Like, the, like, semi-public spaces kink. Like, this. she just has, like... She she's like I feel like she has like a like a like a spinny wheel of like what am I gonna touch on this thing? She's like all the kinks in the world. She does do a lot of tr- like tr- challenges. She does a lot of prompts. So yeah, Fia, so anyway, Fia is just she's so open to different ways of inserting yourself into this fandom. Like Fia is. She's like, she's like a diverse. She's like a queen. challenge ride or die. She's just like, bring it. I can handle it. And she, she fucking throws down every time. Yeah, man. She's a smut juggernaut. <laughs> can we know that's okay? We found our we found our our, our fiction title. Smut so, juggernaut. A diastrism story. That's gonna be that's gonna be it. Smut juggernaut. A diastrism this story. This fic. Jeez, I actually was able to finish it, and it was ridiculous. That's just how I felt. I was just like, I felt like I was reading a, um, God, who is it? Robin McKinley. Has anyone ever read Robin McKinley here? Uh, Robin McKinley is a writer from, I would say, probably the late 1980s, early 1990s. She, there, like, during that time when I was, like, growing up, because I, I probably started reading a lot of, I started reading like, more intense books probably in fourth and fifth grade between, like, starting in third grade, I was probably reading more intense books. I was reading a lot of fairy tales. I was reading a lot of nonfiction. So I got really interested in fairy tales and, like, nonfiction. But Robin McKinley is one of my favorite, like, fairy tale-esque sort of writers. 
she writes a lot of, uh, she wrote a whole bunch of retellings of, she wrote Beauty and the Beast. She did a retelling of, two retellings of Beauty and the Beast that were delicious and, del- and amazing. I want to say she even did a Bluebeard series, and she also did some stuff with Tanith Lee, who also does a lot of, like, fairy tale retellings. Um, I can go ahead and get some of these, uh, like, fixed for you, but I felt... When I read this story, it felt to me very much like a vintage, because at the time I was only in like sixth or seventh grade when I'm reading these like young adult before young adult was even a concept of fairy tale retellings where you have all this like these smoldering beasts like looking at these young innocent women but it's like we can't talk about sex because it's still in the jfix section it's still not in the adult so it's like oh we're gonna smolder at each other and we're gonna brush hands and these hand brushings and oh oh my goodness let's talk about some hades and persephone bullshit so so i i really got a lot of that atmosphere from this like very 1990s like uh juvenile fiction that was really into retelling these fairy tales. It was very passionate, but also very G-rated until it didn't get G-rated because Diastrosms wrote this pomegranate scene. So I don't know how Mariana and Sofia, you guys are the fangirls here. So uh, tell me all about how you felt okay. about these. Well, listen. So, okay. Mariana, you go ahead and introduce it and then I'll say the thing I want to say. want to say. Okay, so what I was going to do is I was actually going to read her summary for yes. World Without yeah, yeah, yeah. End. And her, her summary is, we are one, one together. We are one, one parted. We will share all. We will raise warriors, which is a Mandalorian marriage law. Now, you know, for the person, whoever hasn't read it, you're not really sure what it is, like what's going on, but it kind of gives you an idea what's going to happen. So I wrote my own summary. So. <laughs> yes, because yes. as I said, as I said, you don't, don't even bother reading the summary. Just email us. Yes, go ahead. ahead. So, but I just, you know, for the listener or for for whoever, you know. So my summary is Ray and Kylo visit Kylo's world craft for a fight from which Ray hopes either one or neither will survive as she is desperate to sever the bond. In true Raylo form, things go awry once they meet. Without distance, they lose the only obstacle keeping them from fully giving in to the desires that bloomed through their bond in the past 12 months. This collision will either bring their dichotomous bond to a slow and miserable end or propel it deeper into their souls. Considering the element of the Hades and Persephone's retelling, the story is filled with angst as these two forces of nature engage in the push and pull their powers are fated to endure. So that would be my summary for... Accurate. Damn! Yeah. Okay, listen, y'all. I mean, we have a lot of writers in this. For y'all who didn't know, Mariana can fucking write. Yes, uh, we haven't plugged uh, her trash triplets fic yet. Uh, Don't shake your head. (laughs) Don't shake your head. What is it called? What is it called? Uh, okay, so I finally posted the first, well, now it's the two first two chapters of this trash triplet fic that was uh, an idea of mine over a year ago. It is on AO3, and you can find me uh, the same Death Dama, and the fic is called Your Taste is My Attention. And it is a darker take of the trash triplets, which is hilarious because I tried going with, like, light and funny, and I ended up with, like, dark and gloomy. Good. <laughs> Good. She goes by Death Dama. I know. I go by Death Dama, so hello. What what am I expecting of myself? Anyway, so please, please mind the tags if you do go and find my fake. Please pay attention to them. And the content. So, World Without End by Diastrisms, which we just had our wonderful summary from Mariana. And honestly, that is like a super accurate. Like, I felt that when you're reading it, and I was like, these are the things 
that I'm going through in my mind, the different parts of this fic, I'm like, yes, 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 okay, this is so good. Um, nine chapters, and it is complete. Word count is 20,933. So, first of all, first of all, the thing, the, the, the things I liked about her structure, which we mentioned before, is like her meticulous note-taking. So she makes sure to explain um, every reference that she made, whether it's to the like Star Wars or if it's to like Greek mythology. And this is like something within the fic that I really, really enjoyed. She italicizes the dialogue. That's when they speak to each other through the force bond. Yeah. So like yeah. it kind of helps us in a way and it just it helps. I feel like it helps the fic develop and further because it's not held back by having to like differentiate every single time between force bond communication and like actual communication. Yeah, it's a small stylistic and formatting choice that does so much for the storytelling um, because it, like Mariana said and what it ends up doing um, it ends up sort of really mirroring that whole inst- instantaneity of the force bond. Um, and I, I also noticed that and like I super agree you're right like it, it brings a little something extra to the storytelling format wise in such a like visceral way and like examples of like the Greek references because I don't want to like give too much away but this is stuff from the first chapter so the fact that Kylo's ship is called Underworld is like a glaring you know reference yeah. um, and that he, they find each other in the Cerebrus system which is you know, Cerebrus is the hound that guards the, the gates of the underworld. I think it's so, Cere- Cerebus. Cere- Cerebrus. 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 That three-headed Cerebrus. dog thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Cere- <laughs> Cere- Cerebrus. 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 Okay. And then there's the, the fact that the world... Yeah, I think whenever whenever you're unsure about how to say it, just say it like in a Spanish accent. I feel like that's always like a safe bet. Just say it the way our abuelas would say it. Yeah, exactly. Cereberus. Cereberus. Cereberus, mija. Kylo's world craft is called, what would I say there? Lethe? I think it's Lethe. Oh, I always thought it was Leth. No, the Greeks, I think, like to pronounce their last E. Yeah, Lethe. So that right there, the, the Lethe is the, riv- the river of forgetfulness. And um, the shades of the dead are required to drink from it in order to erase all memory of their earthly lives once they're there. So those are just two examples of the Greek references that I was talking about. And then like in order to like set up just how much of an like a peak goth emo edgelord that Kylo <laughs> edgelord. <laughs> like It's true. It's so true. Just, just to highlight it, like the way that Ray describes the the castle on his um, the planet, she describes it as a bewildering lopsided collection of sharp turrets and twisted parapets, silhouette silhouetted against the night sky. And once she's inside, she says that it's winding halls of onyx and bone. So it's just like this super sharp, edgy, honestly like gothic emo castle. Gothic emo space castle. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Honestly. And like one of like the things that I want to point out, like for example, to me, what's like the most mind blowing was that the titles themselves, while they were Greek references, they were also kind of telling you the story as well. If you knew something about it. Yeah. So like chapter one, two and three 
are sisters, and they're the sisters of Mo- Moirai, which is the three fates. So you've got you've got Cloto. Uh, I'm just gonna say everything with my Spanish accent. You've got you've got Cloto, and Cloto um, was respo- responsible for spending the thread of human life. She makes major decisions in people's lives, like when you're born. So she's essentially in in power. Like her power enables to choose when you're born, and and I mean that's her power. Keep repeating myself. Then there's Okay, this is Spanish, okay? La Chesis. Yeah, I love this. La Chesis is Spanish. And that's chapter two. The second the second chapter is La Chesis, like with my Spanish accent. And that is the third sister. And um, in some texts, she determines your destiny, like how long you'll be alive. And then there's a the third sister, Atropos. And Atropos is the inflexible one, the inevitable. She chooses the way in which you die through her, through her aboard, through her aboard shears, she snips your life. She decides how you're gonna die, when yeah. you're gonna die. We should find Chapters- that GIF from the Disney Hercules movies of the three oh, fates yeah. spinning and twisting yes. and snipping, and then when they get to Hercules Honestly. and like she tries to cut it and it like chips at her scissors, and it's just like and like if we can figure out a way to make the GIF and like fix it so that when it gets to the gold thread and she can't cut it, it says. Raylo. Oh, we can. <laughs> Bro, my we God. can. Okay, we need that. So the rest of the chapters, chapter four is Charon, reading it in Spanish again, uh, which she does explain in the fix. Like, she gives kind of like a real quick explanation of it, but I think that if you read further into it, it, I mean, that's what blows my mind because if you actually read further into the characters, she really took a lot of her story from the, the stories of these characters. So Charon is a ferryman of Hades. He carries the souls of the newly uh, deceased across the rivers Styx and Acheron that divided the world of the living from the world of the dead. Then there's Thanatos, chapter 5. Loosely associated with the three Moirai, particularly Atropos, the sister who is the goddess of death. He is also occasionally specified as exclusive. He's exclusive to peaceful death. So that's something about like chapter 5. Also, for our our Marvel fans, Thanatos and um, Thanos and um, Infinity War, like the fact that he wants to kill off half of the universe's population in a peaceful way, like, I just wanted to point that out. So chapter six is Nyx, the goddess of the night. Also, pers- She also personifies the deities of sleep, death, and darkness, and I feel like that's really important for... If you read it, you'll be like, okay, I get it. Yeah, sleep, yeah. darkness, Nyx. Okay, then there's chapter seven, Elysium, which um, Deasterisms puts like Isle of the Blessed, like a cheeky little face because there's a whole lot of blessing in that chapter. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, and it's funny because it like the, the longer explanation is it's a conception of the after, afterlife. Initially separate from the realm of Hades, admission was reserved for mortals related to the gods and other heroes. Later, it expanded to include those chosen by the gods, the righteous and the heroic, where they would remain after death to live a blessed and happy life and indulging in whatever employment they had enjoyed in life. Indulging, basically, for the in your afterlife. So with Orpheus and Eurydice, which is the last two chapters, you like the obvious story of Orpheus and Eurydice that they you know loved each other and then she you know she dies for whatever reason he goes into the afterworld and with his music he convinces Hades and Persephone to let her come back and then the only condition is he can't turn around to make sure she's behind him and he turns around after he crosses but before she crosses so she disappears forever 
And then, like, it ends with him, like, in the afterworld, he reunites with her. So I definitely feel like the chapters themselves are just these, like, amazing Greek references that, like, they're there for a reason. She's doing it for a reason. And this detailed, like, the the, the detail that went into the world building and then the, the storytelling is just amazing to me. So for the favorite quotes, um, the first one that I really, really, it's just, like, some of the lines that stick with me. So this one's a conversation. About, they're talking about the, the, the force bond. Do you know why this exists between us? Do you understand is what he does not say, but she heard it in their connection, feels it in his heart's languorous beat. It happened on Starkiller Base, she replies. And then through the bond, she says, when you took the ocean from my head and I found Darth Vader in the knots of your soul. That is like one of my favorite ways I've ever heard that described. Um, and then he says, Kylo nods, in the days of the Old Republic, the force bond was a common occurrence between master and apprentice. There is a pointed emphasis, likely because he's thinking of how she rebuffed him in the snow in such a vicious manner. It was also known to materialize between four sensitives who were, he trails off somewhat moodily, lovers, Ray supplies, a mental broadcast because she can't say it out loud. One thing that I really love about the force bond when you were saying earlier, how it's like italicized, it's like that lets us know, like that informs us what is too vulnerable for them to say out loud. Yeah. Like, yeah. That they have to like that they have this like need to tell the other person but they are just like too vulnerable it's too damaging for them to even say it out loud the next quote that i love is because i honestly hope that this is something that goes into the next movie and it's as as close as this is as close as they are she remembers him shirtless and more she remembers the sick things that they do to each other and their dreams that they share the dreams that have been driving her mad for a year a year now that's yes then they've been driving each other crazy for the last year when we get to them so that we don't have to be go through any of the awkward virgin stuff i mean which i love and fix but like i just want them to bang on the screen it's really fun so you're wanting you think that jj should give you two versions of the film x rated and i mean yeah pg-13 rated yeah i mean i mean okay just making sure yeah i'm putting it out there in the ether give us a marvel version and give us a deadpool version Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I love this idea. Yes. Just, hey, yes. I'm just saying they're both Disney. Disney, I'm just saying those are both Disney movies. I'm just saying. I just want like the extra Patreon, not safe for work content. Yeah. Yes. I will pay Disney, extra for that. We will pay you so much money for that. So much. No, we just need a really good porn version is what we really need. You're right. Like some really good cosplayers who are committed to in-character depictions of of Raylo is what all we need. I actually sometimes fantasize about like directing like a really good Raylo porn. Yes. Yes. Can we all get together and do that? I would love that. I um, love it. Okay. Yeah. Or if you have recommendations, you've seen this already happen and it is fulfilled your Raylo's month. Send us recommendations because I feel like there's so much porn out there that you really don't have any idea. I mean, about we're, we're going to go from Smut Hut podcast to Smut Hut production in a hot fucking second. <laughs> yeah, we will. What have we done? I'm gonna, we're going to hear about this now from the listeners. So when is this happening? Of, it's the power of a smut juggernaut right there. Right? Darth Pancakes will be the set mascot. Yeah, right? We're gonna be like, oh, we have to redo that take because Pancakes jumped into the shot and started licking his balls. I don't know. Um, In true cat form? are going at it, and then all of a sudden you hear... (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) The cat's like, I do not care what is going on around me, okay? I really need to do this right now. 
Okay, so th this one is because I'm trying to sh like in, in my eyes, these two are different ways of her saying so much with so little. So one of them is she flicks a crumb of veg meat at him. He doesn't bother to dodge. And that is her reminder that like her, he has been forged in battle. When various projectiles are being aimed your way on a constant basis, often at the same time and from all sides, you pick up the habit of discerning what is harmless and what it is not, what you will allow to hit you. So I just feel like there's so much that she's speaking through and that like she takes a detail, like an action, something that's going on. And she like says so much more of like how they understand each other. And it's just so deep. So just going to wrap it up with uh, the last of my notes for um, the fic for World Without End. And it's how they're, the dom-sub dynamic is strong. And a great example of this is an exchange an exchange they have where Ray grows angry at Kylo and uses the force to put him on his knees before her and keep him there while she force chokes him. The quote is, Yes, he croaks in triumph and in awe. This is what I wanted to teach you, my scavenger, my darling, my little desert rat. She slaps him. His neck twists to the side from the strength of her blow. Panels of star-kissed hair sweep across his sharp profile. She feels his arousal swirl through her own belly, and that is the warning sign, the alarm that tells her to retreat behind locks and onyx before this gets out of hand. However, when he turns to her once more and pulls her deeper into the mire of his thoughts, she can't help but be transfixed as she sees herself through his eyes. While her hair is tied back in the usual three buns, a few strands have come loose to frame her face, tinted pink by the blood rushing to her cheeks. Her expression is uncharacteristically cruel, <laughs> slivers of red light flashing in the agate of her irises, and yet it is the most beautiful that Ray has ever seen herself look. She towers over him, her small frame filling his universe in fractures of light and shadow as the fire engulfs them both. The dark side has heightened her senses, has tempered the bond. Vague bits of other life forms flicker through her consciousness. His servants lurk in their secret passageways, waiting for his next command. If they are linked to you as you are to me, will they bow to me as well? She wonders out loud, intoxicated by all this power, craving even more. Do I have dominion over this world? Kylo is still on his knees, pressed down by her force energy, but his lean hips can't at the sound of her voice, as if he's already consumed by thoughts of fucking. You have dominion over me, he sighs. Growling, she grabs him by the collar of his cowl and tugs his heap, his heap up towards her, crushing her lips to his in a searing, brutal kiss. Give uh, me all those searing, fucking, brutal kisses, please. Yeah, so... Like, so, so. so just like I'm done so yeah. yeah so like just everyone knows me and Michelle just made like a bunch of obscene gestures to each other while Michelle was reading that and I had to look away because I made you laugh yeah because we were gonna make her laugh Sorry, it's Betty true Anna. um he was just so horny for her in that moment he was well, he, he is in this whole thing yeah this whole those whole fake yeah. he is like the fact that she puts him on his yes. knees and he's just like yes yes it's like yes. like he's like two seconds away from a lonely island jizz in my pants Ew, video like, yes um, because because kylo is the most subby sub there ever lived he is uh -huh. he pretends like he's a dom yeah, but he's a he's sub. sub it's like in that movie from where i uh, this is where i leave you when his girlfriend shows up and he's like mom mommy like, yeah. oh yes when his when his mom no like he he goes to the, he, they're at yeah. a funeral and he sees his mom and he's like mommy. <laughs> i thought it was his girlfriend i haven't seen that movie in a while but no he does it to his well, own fine. mother he needs to do it to he's ray the baby no 
He's the baby. He's the mama's boy in that mm-hmm. movie, which is ironic mm-hmm. because he's the most vile. <laughs> no, and it's not ironic. He's wearing a crown. <laughs> yes, he's wearing a crown. He's and he's super high. Yeah. He's like mother. <laughs> I can't. I cannot. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, okay. So, so go ahead, Sophia. Okay. Well, you know what? Like, I feel like Mariana has done an amazing job at talking about this. Um, for me, like, so you so you know how like in the 90s, I don't know if y'all remember this, but, like, in the 90s, it was, like, a big deal to, like, try to encourage parents to read to their kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they had, like, yes. PSAs about this. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if this is the reason why or not. I, although, actually, I do doubt it, because um, my mom, she, she's always loved stories. She's always loved to read, as far as I know. Um, and she's, she's the reason that I have a love of literature now and storytelling. But my mom used to read me Greek myths when I was little, and that was, like, our special mother-daughter time and so world without end has a very special place in my heart because it's essentially the marriage of a relo erotic fic with with greek mythology and again you know she is taking this thing thea found a thing in this case greek mythology and she applied it in such a way that it completely suits and satisfies our expectations of these characters um, and you, and, and like, and like, it's not, and like, this is just a testament to like her ability her, as a content her creator, her mind, you know, <laughs> as, as Mariana and I would say, like the, the intelligence that that has, the strength that that has, that that has. <laughs> like, the national implications that that has, yes. the clearance that that has. Yes. Um, and so, like, it's one thing when it's flowers, right? Because you can sort of, you can just sort of treat that as a glossary. You can say, like, okay, there's flowers, and they mean this. And then you can go, okay, and in that case, and I want flowers that do X, Y, Z, and then I want flowers that do A, B, C, and then you insert them where you need them. But in this case, you're taking Greek mythology, which is this, like, whole well-rounded culture all on its own, um, that already has its own tropes um, and, and history, a very deep and rich history, and figuring it out a way to use it to embroider Raylo. But at the same time, it's like, you know, like, the, the, the marriage between these things is so well-crafted that it's kind of like, is this Raylo embroidered on Greek mythology or is this Greek mythology embroidered on... Raylo, right? And then and then you also like for me, like I can't help but think about how um and then so JJ Abrams and then Ryan Johnson in The Last Jedi, them as directors, as storytellers, like there's no storyteller out there in the Western world, right? Who isn't like deeply familiar with and ingratiated by or like affected by the sort of, like, old-world Western storytelling, which is the Greek myths, right? Like, that is, like, the sort of, like, the beginning of Western storytelling, like, in, in Western canon, right? So, and thinking about the, like, Death and the Maiden, right? Like, these things that these directors have totally used to help tell the sequel trilogy story. And I think that that's part of the reason why World Without End works so incredibly well. Because, like, yes... The erotica, the sex, the smut is like, right? But again, that luxurious and generous storytelling and world building the diastrosms is giving us is so fucking clutch. 
Um, and I think when we were when we were talking about doing a diastronisms episode, and we were talking about uh, featuring World Without End. What did I call it? I called it like goth emo space porn. Yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. That. exactly what you called it. And that's yeah. what it is. I mean, the smut starts in chapter three. I mean, it. It's it's not short of smut. It's it's dark and broody raunchy and yeah and raunchy and filthy. Um, they don't have a soft introduction into the no each no. They they have so much history in this fic. Yeah, I mean, and 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 I just really love. Um, so another thing that so like yeah there's the um Hades and Persephone situation that's happening but okay so there's another story I don't know if it's actually a Greek myth or a story but it's like um this woman she gets married off to like some guy that like she can't see and he brings her to her castle or like he she can see her but like he he brings her to his his castle or his lair or whatever and he has invisible servants who who do everything for her um and you have a greek myth i think it's it's eros and not psyche it's like um i'm trying to remember it but like it reminded me you feel that there yeah it reminded me of this story because you have these kind of like vaporous servants and and lethe right who like take care of everything um now it's you know there's differences obviously but this the story that it, it evoked for me was one where this bride is brought to this castle and she's married to this guy and there's these invisible servants who take care of everything and um he uh but like i also think that she can't like look at him or like say his name or something she can't know his name or something so she's there but like she's she's lonely and so finally she's like i want to see my sisters are you sure and this so, isn't psyche? It might be. Like, I could totally, like I said, because, like, this, like, my mom read me this stuff when I was, like, eight. So, like, I could totally be misremembering this. Um, and, I, yeah, my mom used to read me Greek myths where, like, <laughs> Zeus turned into a bull and was, like, fucking people, like, at eight years old. Like, that's. Hi. That's yeah. Good, that's how that's how swans sleep with people. Yeah. yeah swans you know, or, like, stay away from them forever. Zeus saw a beautiful woman and turned himself into, quote, unquote, like, a golden shower like a golden rain to like kiss her body. It is the story of Psyche, by the way. Okay, it good. Says here that okay, good. Yeah. The goddess okay. Okay. of the soul and the wife of Eros, Aphrodite commanded Eros make Psyche fall in love with the most hideous yes. of men, but the god instead fell in love and carried her off to his hidden right. palace. Yes, yes, yes. So it's the story of, of Psyche. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. And that's why I, wa- I just wanted to bring that up is uh, obviously not a well-informed literature person. <laughs> 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 But yeah, and so there's, she's so I don't know I don't know if Thea did that on purpose, but it's definitely evocative of that. And you know, again, so like previously we were talking about uh, flowers. And it's like, look, if you're a Raylo fan who's also into botany, you need to read this. If you're a Raylo fan and you're also into Greek mythology, you need to read World Without End. It's like what hasn't diasterisms given us that will give you Raylo plus whatever the fuck it is that you're into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And honestly, just like there's so much death in the lady in so much media that even if you're like I don't know about Greek mythology, just read it. Just read it anyway because that you need to realize just like how much death in the lady is is out there is like themes run through popular stories and popular media and everything and is in fucking Rayla, which is how we know that fucking Rayla is gonna fucking fuck like that's how that's why <laughs> I mean 
Honestly, and so Facts the last me. thing I, on the last thing I do want to say is to like absolutely mind the tags and the content warnings because she does there is like a because they they start having sex like through the force bond and they start with like their dreams that that's like a dubious something she considers dubious consent because like it's it's moments where like they both think that they're dreaming so like there is some kind of like where she's like what are you doing yeah. you know and then so anyway just mind the tags there that's all i yeah. would say but it is amazing yes i agree i agree all right, so moving on to... Oh, my God, are we talking about the fic that I'm just reading that I have been sitting on for, like, 100 years? Yeah, because I don't know what... Because I... And it's not for lack of us trying to get you to read it, either. No, you have literally talked about this fic about 105 times, and I still have been like, oh, no, I don't need to read, like, Young Gods. It's totally fine. It's okay. <laughs> do you know that... It's, like, do you know it's that 20th... series, and it's uh, 20 chapters. That's too many chapters for me. Do you know? Do you know that like 20th Century Fox like s- sound that they make at the beginning of every uh-huh. movie? That's what I hear in my head right now as we prepare to talk about like Young Gods. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So I feel like I should go first because it's the it's the beginning of this whole like conversation about uh, what to expect when you're reading like Young Gods. So I'm on chapter five. Chapter. Uh, I thought it was six. I'm on chapter seven. Oh. Uh, I don't even pay attention to chapters. I just read. Can all fic authors just... I just need to start clicking that, like, the entire story so I never have to click beyond that. Mm. But then I will... For this fic, it would be, like, scrolling interminably forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, okay. So, like on Young Gods, let's go ahead and read this. What do you think? Luke asks his nephew. She has potential. She bit me, master, is Ben's stiff response. Any opinion I would give is biased. Any opinion I'd give would, would be biased. Or everyone's connected, even if sometimes it's just by the skin of our teeth. Even in the midst of darkness, still luminous beings are we. So, like always, <laughs> no idea what's going on here. Uh, some tags here is the Jedi Academy AU no one asked for. Hogwarts with lightsabers. Uh, Jedi, I don't like him, but he's he's just tall. Ray, Ben, put this kid back where she came from. Or so help me, Solo. Or so help me, Solo. <laughs> ben has no chill. Master troll, Luke Skywalker. Ray has close to no chill. Someone needs to douse, douse these two nerds with water. Skywalker Gate Part Two. Author wants to be fought. Fluff and angst. God damn it, Alema. So uh, this I started reading because I was like, okay, we're doing a disasterisms episode. I have to to commit to something. If I can't commit to landscapes, I have to commit to uh, Sword of the Jedi. This is a two-part series. It's like what, like 50 chapters or something like that together? Yeah. About, yeah. It's 20 chapters for uh, Like Young Gods. Uh, And uh, Rey is found on Jakku by uh, both Ben and uh, Luke. And they take convince her to come and abandon whatever her thoughts were about her parents and come to um, Yavin Four uh, to come to essentially the Jedi Academy that was set up that Ben never, never uh, got rid of. And so Ben and Luke's relationship is a lot less fractured in this in this so far, at least up into Chapter Seven. Okay, like there's some contention, but Ben really does love Luke. That you feel that a lot in this in this fic is how much he loves Luke in the beginning of this. Um, and 
I will say that this first set of fic, this 20 chapters, Like Young, Young Gods versus, what's the second one called? To Kingdom Come? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like to Young Kingdom Gods Come, is yeah. rated teen and up audiences, so I don't want to hear anybody telling us about how we don't do review any teen and up audiences thing. <laughs> because this is a teen and up, and I... I personally, unless it sounds really good, and I, I don't even, sometimes I don't even look at the, the rating, mm-hmm. uh, don't usually read Teen and Up for some reason. I think I think I want the smut because yeah. we're the Smut Hut podcast. Yeah. But this is a Teen and Up, so you could get away with reading this. I don't know about the end, and I'm okay with spoilers because I don't mind that. Uh, is the end like a good wrap-up where you could just end and say, okay, I don't have to read to Kingdom Come? No. No, no, you, you have to. Yeah. You need it. Yeah, yeah, you oh, have to. Oh, jeez. Sorry, guys. So you're stuck. I'll tell you why. <laughs> it's explicit in the next. Uh, set I'll tell of you why things. when I get there. But yeah. Um, so it's great so far. Uh, it's pretty fast paced. The chapters aren't terribly long. Um, I thought that I'd be sitting through like decade long chapters, but they're nice and quick. So I feel like I'm already on chapter seven, and I can get. I feel like I might be able to get to chapter twenty without too much angst um it is nice i will say as a reader to have something that's already completed because i feel like you power through it faster than say something that you're following along one and one one by one um i really enjoy this ray because she's plucky and she really enjoys her life and she's so she's so grateful for what she has in front of her but she's also really struggling to just be part of a system, essentially, when she's been on her own for seven years. You know what I mean? Well, it's probably been less than that because she probably had to get raised from infancy, so like four or five years. Right. Um, like, and all of her memories, as a child, though, like God, all of her nice. memories going back are, are alone. Alone, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So she's really happy to be there. She's so happy. She takes nothing for granted in these first seven chapters. She's just so happy to be there. And she loves Ben, like, with an innocence, you know, in that beginning part because she's a child. That's the reason why this is a teen and up fic because she's still young. Like, I just got to the part where she says, I'm 16. I'm not a baby anymore. And so, you know, this is when she's starting to feel that awakening of attraction to Ben and his brooding because who doesn't love a brooding man let's be honest um and ben really cares about her too and he does express a lot of that in his own way and that's it's it's really good watching their relationship together um now that i've gone through the first seven chapters of her life how does everyone else feel keep going tell me more man where do i even begin sword of the jedi i feel like is let me just you know what Sword of the Jedi is the name of the series, for those of you following yeah. along at home. Uh, like Young Gods is the first fic in the series. It's part one. And then To Kingdom Come is the second fic in the series. And the whole series is called Sword of the Jedi, but the we'll probably use piece. that interchangeably yeah. with the fics. Yeah. Um, okay. So, like, I'm just going to take a minute and I'm just going to get, like, really elitist. Do it. Um, and I apologize, but I was raised in the Western canon, so y'all are just gonna have to bear with me. I feel like Sword of the Jedi is, like, a foundational Raylo text. Yes. <laughs> um, the sacred Raylo text. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It achieves so much as a fic. Now, normally, so... <sighs> Man, okay, like, I need to figure out a way to, like, break this down into, like, rations. Okay. So, like, normally, y'all, I'm just going to be honest with you right now. It's really hard for me to to read and write things right now. Like, literally, 
I did my BA in literature and I was in, you know, creative writing classes and I was like trying to get my MFA in creative writing and I didn't finish because I ended up losing the the sort of natural inclination I had for reading and writing. And don't TLJ, feel bad because I feel like the same way you know, as a librarian. It happens. Like Saturn probably just returned for you and like things change. Mm-hmm. It happens. It happens. And it wasn't yeah. until TLJ that I started reading again. And I started reading Raylo fiction. And, you know, thanks to the gods, I met Kay. And then I met Michelle and Mariana through the podcast. Yeah. And Michelle was, like, hey. sort of the Jedi. And at first, I like, Kay, I was like, what is this teen, like, teens bullshit? Like, what the fuck? But it's so well written, the first part, like Young Gods, it's so well written that, like, I didn't even, you don't even care about that. Thea makes you so invested in this innocent relationship between Padawan, Rey, and, you know, attempting to be badass Jedi Knight, <laughs> Ben, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, again, this is, and Sword of the Jedi, this whole collective work, is one of those works in which she is just... Detail after detail, mm-hmm. giving you characters from the extended universe, giving you, um, you know, Jedi Academy realness. She is serving us, like, all kinds of different kinds of, like, food. She's giving us, like, all the different kind of, like, fighting techniques. You know, she's giving us, like, Sith history. She's giving yes. us, like, Sith temples. Like, she is just, yes. like, serving yes. us. All of these extended universe looks. But it's extended universe, pr- previous extended universe, the previous extended universe that, of 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 my very favorite Courtship of Princess Leia. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. my favorite. She's giving us like all of this stuff that, you know, that the people who didn't get back into the fandom or first introduced to the fandom via the, um, the new trilogy, all that stuff that was lost. Mm-hmm. Or got like excluded with the establishment of TFA, but she's just giving us all of that stuff. Like this is how you would do Raylo in the extended universe, and she is just doing it so 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 right. Okay, it's just it's, I could I could see this being a movie. Yeah, yes, no, yes, and, and that's yes. the other thing too. So that's the other thing too. So like we said this a lot, I think, or at least I know I said it about go I know not whither yes. about the sort of cinematic quality quality that it had of how we it was so easy to imagine like these russian snowscapes oh yeah right and like 1980s you know new york right because we have so many already we have so many like um uh reference points visual yeah visual touchstones and reference points to help us like put that in our brain right and here's the here's here's how you know that like diasterisms is like a fucking smut juggernaut just like a fucking amazing writer period is because this this is how I learned about air cake y'all like this is how we mm-hmm. learned about like all this shit that, Same. Like, I didn't know about yes because she's just sort of flawlessly like inter interweaving it into like you know recalling this world from this fandom that a lot of us were in touch with post prequels um and and she's really putting it together for us okay so things that I love about like young gods and then like moving into uh to kingdom come so she manages to give us this childhood bond between ray and ben aka kylo 
but she still manages to give us that breaking point where they get separated. She still gives us a version of the story where Ben gets pulled to the dark side and he goes down like, you know, the wrong... He starts associating with some bad folks and starts falling in with the wrong crowd. (laughs) Um, And uh, and we, we see her striving to pull him back from that. Well, I think one of the really cool things about this fic, too, is that when Ray meets him, like, he's already started to have... Uh, Snoke in his head like he's already started to have these like nightmares of like the dark side and like the doubt and stuff yeah and this one is this where we learn that he was kidnapped as a little kid I think that's the next series but yeah that or the next fic but it happens in this series because what we often hear because we are such like spoiled visual beings that come like that we feel like we didn't get enough backstory like we got to right where things like in the Force Awakens in the sequel trilogy, we got to where things were getting to a head for for Ben Solo, so we feel like we missed out. And I feel like she di- she digs deeper yeah. in the sense of like you get to see how far the lengths that were taken. And it's like I don't, I don't. I, we're just being spoilery, right? Or we don't? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. We're gonna okay. be spoilery so, like, about it, y'all. It's true. Okay, I'm okay. So I'm okay with We're that. whipping it okay out. We're putting so, it on the table. So, <laughs> we're going to tell you how just, long, we got how the, girthy, how thick. We got our rulers ready. Details. Good. You got to know so, what to expect. Displaying like how how far he went, like Snoke, yeah. to get to. Because if you think about it from the moment that, that, that before he was even born, from the moment that Leia was pregnant, he was already doomed. And like Kyle, um, Kylo was doomed, Ben was doomed, and uh, Snoke already had his eyes on him, even if he didn't go go at him directly. And that is the thing that I'm like, whoa, because we get like a deeper like an understanding of how powerful this man or this you know was over uh, Ben's yeah. life, his whole entire life. Yeah. So that's just what I wanted to. So add. um, yeah. so the the point that I was bringing up is that when Ray has her awakening, she it's like at night and like we're awakening in the forest, and Ben is sleeping, and so he's like having this nightmare, like Snoke's in his head, and like you know Snoke's feeding him all of these insecurities that kind of push him over to the dark side. But when Ray has his awake has this awakening, she's like super scared, and it's apparently painful, and she's like thinking of Ben. Because that's like her main, like that's her best friend on in the temple. It's her point of security. Yeah, and she basically like knocks him out of the dream. So then from that point on, he still has the dreams, but they're like not as intense. He describes it as him being like an observer of the dream instead of actually being in it and living through it. And it like prolongs his, um, his like descent, I guess, into Betrayal. the dark side. Yeah, which. I- I thought it was great because then that gives us like more time of them being children and being kids and growing up together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how deep the Raylo like bond goes in this story because when he, f- it's like it, he has moments where he feels like it's t- it's his time and you'll hear him like praying to, to Snoke or whatever it is. And he's like, please not yet. Yeah. Like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready yet. Give me more time with her. Well, yeah. Let so, me have her so, longer. So that's, so that's uh, an, in- an interesting, blah, blah, blah. That's an interesting plot point. So in Like Young Gods, the bad guy is like a Sith ghost who's like mm-hmm. out in the jungle somewhere. Yeah. I got I got that impression in chapter seven and I think he gets really introduced. Yeah. Um, like this long, long, supposedly long dead um, Sith uh, warlord 
uh, and we, you know, it's not apparent necessarily yet, but like apparently Snoke has has used this ghost or like has like figured out a way to commune with the dark side in such a way to evoke this ghost to like send it to torture Ben and to send it to torture these young Jedi recruits. And that's the other thing too, is like, it's not, it's not happening. And then like, it's not just, it's not like Octo where even though you have the cool fishwives, um, it's not this sort of like weird vacuum. You have Luke and then you have a bunch of other Jedi Knights, um, like older people that Luke has like gone and cobbled together this school yeah. on, um, it's Yavin, it's Yavin 4, yeah. right? Yeah, it's Yavin yeah, 4. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh... Another another important thing too, what I really appreciate that Leah did because it's something that the Jedi should have done hundreds thousands of years ago is fucking let Jedi's fucking get married and fuck each other. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> so there's gonna be a there's a couple characters who are Jedi masters who are married. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. So much because they came um, into it like like later, right? Like you're yeah. saying that Luke is like starting this new school and he's just recruiting anybody who is force sensitive and has an interest in being in it. So there's like some yeah. people who get recruited who are already adults. Yeah. And, and I, I just want to ask Thea real quick, who gave Thea the right <laughs> to create to create all of these characters, students, and the Jedi Academy for me to grow so attached to unexpectedly. Well, see, that's the thing. <laughs> Most of these are not characters she created. These are extended universe characters. Yeah. Oh no, I know, but what I'm saying is like bringing them in and like creating like this. Yeah. Yeah. Attachment to them. Yeah. I mean, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I went and like looked them up later, and I was like, okay, you know, but th- that she like created this like attachment mm-hmm. is what i meant yeah, like yeah. for me bringing them in and then becoming something way more than i thought i thought they were going to be like background noise yeah and but... i think i think that it's in um the lycan gods either the tags or the summary where it's like the the um hogwarts with lightsabers au yeah, yeah she intended it to yeah. be like it so is much... it's in like a like young gods yeah so it's yeah so if you if you liked harry potter <laughs> <laughs> again she found a thing and she she made it uh, satisfying in a way that gives us these characters in a way that we expect them to behave. Um, so but here so here's here's what's great and beautiful, but also so sad about like young gods. So we see this relationship developing between the two of them, and they start as childhood friends, and it's very innocent, as Kay said. Um, and you can you uh, Ben he's not as upfront about it but he clearly adores Ray. he loves watching her learn and grow and he's just kind of really enamored with her as a student like her joy for learning her and, joy and her for power and, and her, her power. power he knows that she's powerful yeah um and that that he moment knows. where he ta- where she taps into his stuff like she wouldn't have been able to tap in if she wasn't as powerful as she is in the last jedi right right exactly you know? so so that so that's happening but we we know that ben's call fall whatever you want to call it to the dark side like we know it's coming and you're just like okay thea how are you gonna do this? Like, how are you gonna fucking break our hearts? I know. Like, cause you know it's coming, right? So yeah. So we have the run in with the Sith ghost, um, and that's really parts of that are really sad and fucked up. Um, and we'll we'll let the we'll let our listeners and readers get to that. Um, 
and then they they go out on some mission. They go to some like desert. I'm just really planet. sure you're gonna let me get to that because I'm only on chapter seven. I just gotta introduce the force oh, ghost, sh- and oh my god, I'm gonna get it. It's fine. It's all right. You're welcome okay. to go. Keep going. Okay. I'm, I'm fine with spoilers, but I'm just like, <gasps> no, my poor space baby. So Snoke has essentially devised a plan to kidnap Ben, and he and he goes through with it. But what's really cool here is that she pulls in Finn's character. Um, who's not extended universe. Oh, yes. So she's tailoring. Mm-hmm. She's, she's taking pieces from these two versions of Star Wars and putting them together in this very seamless, creative way. So she pulls in Finn's character, and we find out later from Finn as a stormtrooper when he defects um, that when what happens happens, that he's like, when we found you, and he, I think he's talking to Ray. Yeah. Or he's talking to mm-hmm. Ben. I can't remember which. But he's like, but when we found you, you were holding hands. Or, like, you were holding on to him. And, like, you were you were dead, essentially. Like, Ray like, died trying to save Ben. Um, and he, he revives her. Like, Ray doesn't die. I want everyone to know that. Um, but he, she gets revived. But Finn is like, when we found you, you were holding on to him. And even, as, even though you were dead, like, you had a death grip on him. Like, we, we could not get your hand off of him and like we were almost tempted to cut your hand off to like basically get you to let go of this boy and that fucking just hits me in the rib cage every time I think about it you know and 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 I think to what that does is that it continues to characterize their relationship and the love that they have for each other um in a way that's quote unquote you know safe for kids uh safe for work <laughs> um is that you know, it's it's almost a, a familial bond that they have grown because even though Ben has his parents uh, in this, you know, when he joins the the, the uh, Jedi uh, Academy for uh, witchcraft and wizardry, uh-huh. um, <laughs> um, that uh, you know he partially does feel abandoned by his family even though he's there with his uncle i mean there, there's a there's a, a scene i want to say in like chapter three or four where he's like having flashbacks uh, maybe it's the dream actually in chapter six that he's having where her force powers manifest uh where he's actually living out no no it's it's when it's when ray is uh trying to see what's going on in um uh he went away for like a, a mission and came back and he she wants to see what he's doing and um he flashes back and ray goes too deep in his memories and there's a part where uh leia is telling ben you know i'm sorry like you're you're very powerful we have to send you back with well, to to luke's academy you have to go this is very good for you we'll we'll visit and then she says i mean we'll try to visit and that's where he's getting that abandonment is that they yeah. haven't visited. I mean, obviously, yeah. for many other reasons. Yeah. So, so there, there's those those feelings of abandonment on his end when he ends up with Luke, and then Ray, you know, being abandoned at an earlier age in a much more um, uh, physical way. So, like, so it's like Ben has been emotionally abandoned, and then Ray has been, you know, f- physically and emotionally abandoned. Uh, on Jakku, and so there are these these two baby orphans who are clinging to each other, you know, and and using the force to essentially commune with each other, and it's very beautiful, and and it's written in this like very um, 
uh, involved way. Like it really sucks you in and it really makes you care about the bonds that they're, they've grown. Now at the very end of Like Young Gods, we start to get, it's like it starts to get a little sexual. Um, you know, Ben is older and like Ray and Ray is finally is finally becoming, you know, becoming a woman, which is like such a yeah. weird, creepy phrase that we used to talk about female assigned people, um, when they quote unquote come of age. But um the fact that he it, like he's he's starting to like realize that he's thinking of her more as an adult and like beginning to see her in that way. I mean, he's been really thinking of her since at least chapter seven as an adult. Do we get any? Because it's all from Ray's point of view. Do we get Kylo's point of view? I think we get parts later on. I okay. Yeah, yeah I'm on chapter seven, and it's all been in Ray's point of view, or no, a we get parts bit from Luke. We get parts later on, definitely in Kingdom Come. Okay, I was just wondering. Yeah. Okay. So should we? I feel like we should. We shouldn't we should move to kingdom come should we yeah do so that? okay so like yeah. up to this point basically they're they're at the the jedi temple and then they uh go on this mission together and they that's when they get separated and it, this all happens i believe this all happens in like young gods cuz they like the at the time the jedi knights are still like a force that the republic is kind of using as like peacekeeping missions but also they're on missions to retrieve relics they go to this one planet where they like found out there was a relic and they're looking for it, but it turns out to be a trap because Snoke is finally ready to take Ben. And um, Finn is the one that has to, like, they, they end up knocking them both out after, or no, Ben collapses after he's brought Ray back to life, like Sophia said. And he, they're holding on to each other and Finn is the stormtrooper that had to separate them. And that's, he like comes clean to Ray because he feels like, like after he defects, he's like, I can't, I feel like I can't be friends with you without revealing this to you, that I was the one, that you were unconscious. Yeah, and it's, it's I was the still one. so, so Finn's character yeah. from the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, yes, I know this Finn. Yeah. And this is exactly what this Finn would do in this situation, right? And yeah. um, Poe Dameron's in this as well. And in this yeah. version, or in this fic, they um, didn't grow up together, but, like, they knew each other because their parents both were in, like, the New Republic, um, Dameron's parents and um, Ben Solo's parents. So they, like, played together as kids. Like, they know who, who the other is. So when they leave off in like young gods they're looking for ben like he has just recently been taken and they're looking for him isn't it isn't ray like 17 at this point 17 18 18? yeah 17 18 ish because they have the whole like sola the whole surrender scene yeah and the it's so heartbreaking because essentially while they're on this away mission right before ben gets kidnapped um, is when oh my is when they realize that their yep. they like each other yeah, that their childhood relationship yes. has now evolved into an adult relationship <laughs> and they're like being really cozy and cuddly and like their their teammates on the away mission are like ha get a room you guys right you know, like, wink, yeah wink, nudge, wait nudge. give me the deets when do they actually do it. No, not oh, not nah. literally. This until is a the slow end burn. Of Kingdom this Come. is yeah. like literally the last few chapters. Literally the end of Kingdom literally Come. Literally, baby the, the Jesus, epilogue. I'm not ready. But listen, it's but the listen, epilogue. Okay, it's the epilogue. Listen, epilogue. But listen, but listen, but listen. But listen, though. No, I'm not gonna listen. I'm just gonna. Okay, okay. We're gonna we're gonna get to that. We're gonna talk about it, and me and Michelle are gonna basically just like wet ourselves. Yeah. Because when we get to it, ready. So much build up. 
Fia has teased us to the point of Wait, the tautness she, of a violin Has she teased string. us? Has she teased us with oral sex, blowjobs? No, not at all. Not no, no, not it's, until it's, this chapter. It's, or not it's until emotional. It's it's weird, but like better. Like I, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. We're okay. gonna get there. Okay. It didn't feel like I was ever raw. Like like she ever robbed me of anything. It didn't feel like it. Like, and it's it, it's hard for me to explain it. And I know that Sophia's like kind of like trying to do that too. It's so hard to explain, Kate, because like Diastrism this was does like not take. She only gives. <laughs> let me just tell you. Yes, I I actually like literally cried at certain right? parts of the. Oh yeah. I actually right? I remember yeah. there was one part where I started weeping and Josh was like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "This has got to be one of the most amazing, like." retellings of Raylo like what what you were saying earlier like this is like the EU that like of Raylo that we deserve it is incredible the cinematic like power that that yeah. has and implications <laughs> yeah and I think at the end of like Young Gods is when the force bond fi- first opens up for them too is like um because she sees Kylo like meditating with Sith holocrones the like books and um, and then she tells Luke about it, and Luke is like, "Well, he might be gone then. Like, he might be too far gone for us um, to like save him from the dark side." And Ray's like, "Don't you fucking say that, bitch!" I mean, not really, but she's basically like, "Don't fucking say that." Yeah, it's like her. It's like Thea's. It's like the the sort of the Jedi version of in the Last Jedi when Rey confronts Luke and she's like, did you create Kylo Ren? And he's like, whoa. And she's like, are you going to do this? Because if you're not going to fix this, I will FedEx myself to this boy right now. With yeah. mascara. With, With mascara. mascara yeah. Let me just yeah. like, okay, so one of the moments that I pointed out when we were talking about it earlier, I want to like explain it to Kay because this is like such a great, okay. So the reason that I was so captivated by it is because it felt it felt like it really felt like it was a sequel trilogy AU. Like it it like insane. So they actually do have that that like standoff on Starkiller base whenever it's like falling apart. They end up having that and like they're fighting each other just like the same thing and like you know how they get split they're, they're at one point they're standing like in front of each other and it splits and yeah. it separates the yeah. force the force separates them for a reason. The force of the earth and the actual force. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, she had been like trying to speak to him because she's not used to like being face to face with him and like not connecting with him. And was this before or after he finds her in questioning? Because that part. Oh, my she was God. Getting... That's I think it's af- I think it's. Oh, God. I think that she find he finds her in questioning before. OK, it's an interrogation. I cried. Yeah, I actually cried. OK, so this is the first time okay, that. And I'm talking to Kay because she hasn't gotten to this point. This is the first time that that she has she is seeing him after two years of like nothing, uh, of like the last time that they saw each other, they were being lovey dovey and like, and saying, Snoke's already my- taking control of him at this point, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And whenever, like, mind you, right, like the last time they saw each other, they're basically telling each other, "You're my forever, my only, my always." Two years later, she sees him. She's already been beat up. Like she's like you know, bludgeoned by the people that are questioning her. And he walks in and like, she's just like looking up at him and you hear like through the mo- voice module. Yeah. Cause he's like, wearing his, his mask, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> and you hear him, but you hear him like choking up 
and he starts to like pound his chest because he's seeing her all bloodied and beat up. And I am he didn't so think ready. Gonna... I hate you guys so much, but I am so ready. Anytime you guys give me a recommendation that is going to take over my life, that sorry. I'm going to be like reading it at stop signs sorry, and not sorry. Uh, taking a walk and like maximizing my 15 minute break to a 17 minute break so I can just finish one more chapter. Yeah. I hate you, but I also love you. Good. So I hope that the listeners that are here who say the same things about us are realizing that it's not just us who are torturing you it's also us we're torturing, torturing each, each, other. each other yeah because i'm just like no no i don't want to start it no no i'm not going to start it because it's going to take over my life yeah it is and then i fucking start it because i love all my listeners and now i'm just going to be woody's going to try to talk to me and my husband and he's going to be like hey Kay, what do you want for dinner i'm gonna be like uh-huh and he's like what are you looking at on your phone i'm like shut up i'm reading like <laughs> gods <laughs> Is this, um, so it's like uh, Takadana, Takadana, where Maz's castle is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she yeah. F- is fighting with other knights of Ren, not Ben, and they capture her and take her yeah. above. And just footnote, there too, like these knights of Ren, like some of them are really fucking sexy. Yeah. They're oh like Darth, like Darth sexy, just like uh-huh. running around, mm-hmm. not giving a shit with yep. like fashionable hair. Yep. And, like, joking about, like, how they don't care about, like, how many people they have to kill. And you want them to just, like, run a train on you. <laughs> but in, like, a good way. Like, a, like a nice train. In the best way. A train way. that is a penis and not a train or a vagina. Both. It could be a train that is genitalia. A train of not... pleasure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The pleasure, the pleasure exactly. train. Intergalactic pleasure. Choo-choo-choo. Chugga-chugga-chugga. Choo, choo, choo. Choo. <laughs> choo, choo, choo. That is three chuggas. I don't want to hear any of this bullshit about how many chuggas you do. Oh, no. I'm going to get a lot more chuggas chugga, before we get to this Chugga-chugga-choo-choo. When you are doing story time to a 100 billion, one and a half year old, you can only do three chuggas. Oh, yeah. 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 So, um, so then he, like, he sees her and I think... Does he help her escape or something happens where he like helps her get off of Starbase or the Starkiller or not Starkiller Star base, the fi- finalizer of the supremacy? She's on one one of the ships. I don't remember. And, I mean, I don't remember. And he like. Yeah, I don't remember that. Really fucks up the night who who beat her up. He like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I remember that. This is like the kind of the thing with this fic is that Ben Solo's headspace is kind of like in and out of Snoke's control. Um, You find out more toward the end about what methods Snoke was using and why he's like suddenly acting like this. It's like um, he's replacing his memories of Rey. Or more so he's like corrupting them. Like he's making him remember things that happened between them. In such a way where, like, it's it's okay, and it's kind of basically interesting. put Kira in there in, in race place. Yeah, like it's kind of it's kind of interesting, and like I just want to kind of like point this out because like I don't know if Thea like did this on purpose, but like um I think it's like culturally relevant, and so I want to point it out. But it's like okay, <laughs> so like listen, so like you know how like um I don't know like incels or like um like men who are just like who think that they're like friend zoned or whatever like that bullshit basically like Snoke convinces Ben that Ray friend zoned him yeah like what? there's a part yeah. where Ben and Ray are sitting on this rock not just friend zoned but like humiliated yeah, him yeah there's a part yeah. where they're sitting on this rock watching the sunset together 
and he like le- like puts his hand out to her and in real like in the real story not real life obviously but in the story she like takes his hand and like sits on his lap or something and and yeah. in his memory after Snoke has like corrupted it yeah she like looks at him in disgust and like smacks his hand away and was like why why would you think i'd ever be interested in like touching you you're so disgusting i don't want to hear any of that bullshit because i would touch kylo ren till the end of time yeah i don't care how many bad things he's done but that's just my own kink that's how (sighs) snoke is like making him remember this stuff so he kind of goes back and forth because he still loves Ray. Like that's something that Snoke's never been able to take away from him is that he still loves her. Yeah, but and he, so since Snoke he believes it's one right. He convinces Ben that Ray thinks that he, like he basically takes all of his insecurities right. and exploits them like, to such the amplifies point them. that they yeah, amplifies them to the point that like that is quote unquote what really happened instead of what actually happened. Okay, and so that brings us to so one of my favorite things that happens in To Kingdom Come uh-huh. is that I'm not going to get too much into <laughs> it because like one of my most favorite characters, I'm not going to say who, one of my most favorite characters from a certain animated series <laughs> pops up yes, she and does. is like, what's up, bitches? I'm here. <laughs> is it Ventress? It's not Ventress. Okay. She's right. like, what's up, bitches? I'm here to help the resistance come to this swamp planet and get this data. I'm going to help you win this fucking war, y'all. Yeah. So I'm I'm not gonna tell you it's who it artifact, is. It's an artifact, isn't just, it? It's yeah, an artifact. And in, yeah, I'm, it's 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 a it's it's a she, and she may or may not have like, shall we say, a striped aesthetic. Like, <laughs> that's the information I'm gonna give you today. Um, but she shows up, and and she becomes like sort of like the turning point in the war between the resistance and the first order. So I'm gonna tell you that. Um, but moving past that, we end up on this swamp planet. Um, and Ray is there with Poe and some other homies, and Ben follows her there and finds her, and they end up in this, like, swamp version of a cabin that's, like, a dry, a dry house to, like... Are you saying that we're getting shades of a Russian AU that we may have talked about at some point? Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. Are there dachas and maybe some hot It's a swamp dacha, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Hashtag swamp dacha. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you talk about uh, yeah. Kingdom Come, hashtag swamp dacha. Hashtag swamp dacha. <laughs> There's no Vanya, but uh, they end up basically in a hut together during a storm trying to get dry and she's trying to convince him of the relationship that they used to have and so ben is having this like crazy like back and forth like his his memories are glitching right like there's a glitch in the matrix he sees the cat twice like he's like what the fuck is going on (laughs) right um and this is where this is where this is where it starts to get hot Okay. Oh my okay. gosh, yes. Because and what chapter is this at this point? I, can't I don't know. I gotta count down because, you know, that's how I roll. There's definitely some stuff before this, but this is like the Where most attention. They're like okay. smutty. in the same room together, alone, clothes come off, words are said, feelings are felt. <laughs> Among other things, being felt. Mm-hmm. Um, but that happens, like, a couple times, like, there's a time that they have cause to go back to Jakku, and he, because, because 
Kylo loves Ray, like Ben loves Ray, but he feels like it's one sided. So when he sees her in person and she's like very reassuring to him and like, I want you, I want you to come back, he like kind of loses it and like Snoke's influence starts to fade a little bit. So there's definitely times where they are like making out or they are, I guess it just pretty oh, much yeah. just like making yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally and, like, forgot about that. Intermediately whole, throughout the that scene on Jakku. Are we talking about the dry humping? Um, yeah, where they yeah. get stuck in an abandoned ship on Jakku. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And the sandstorm is raging outside. And, and he's like, I, I'm being romantic. This is all when he's been attacked by, already uh, taken by Snoke? Yeah. Oh, yep. Man, Snoke does not have an all-powerful eye. He does not have what my mom said, eyes in the back of his head. He is li- My mom was lying. Snoke was lying. <laughs> my whole life. Well, but then, like, he still returns to Snoke. Like, after I mean, everything. Does, like, the influence is so Snoke. strong. He still returns to Snoke. And then Snoke, like, corrupts those memories. What I love is that, like, every time that he, like leaves her or like they part ways while he's still under uh, Snoke's control he'll call her like beloved yeah does he say it yeah 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 I have no idea how how to pronounce it I never know how to say it I always said Sarika but that's just me okay wait let's I always say it in Spanish how would you say it in my Mexican grandmother how would you say it I always say it in Spanish yeah what is it Sarika 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 so when I read it, and he's like, you know, I'll see you around, Siarica. That's how yeah. I get it. Oh, my God. And there's a part right before that that just fucking ripped my heart out where he's like, he's like following Ray through the ship. Um, and he's like going through his forms and he sees the force or he's like walking. He's like just following her. And he sees the force ghosts of all of his companions because it's kind of left out a major detail that he does go back and destroy the Jedi Temple. Oh, my gosh. So it is like a re. Yeah, it's, it's like an AU of what actually happened. Yeah. yeah. Like like the the final form of Ray. And it's the extended universe of what version last Jedi of the had been trilogies. Yes. So Hot. he goes back and Give destroys it, it like with the intention of recruiting as many as possible. But then he, like, he doesn't get as many as he thought. Hand touch. Um, Hand touch. And the other knights are, like, not taking it seriously. Like, he is seriously trying to recruit people to come with him. And the other knights are not taking it seriously. And they just, like, murder everybody. And so when he's on Jakku and he's going, he's walking through to find Rey, he sees the force ghosts of his former Jedi team going through their forms like walking with him and he's like i don't i don't need you guys anymore but i was just like oh my god they're still like with him and walking with him even though they're dead okay this is gonna torture you Kay, yeah. and you're gonna love it i'm sure it will it because will. i have my fair share of a time cried over a fic there's so much emotional well get ready like- to do more of it here's the thing and i wanted to like i was hesitant to say this but i'm just gonna say it now when when i finished reading it i told i i told josh i'm like this is the movie that we should like we should have gotten yeah, like for sure for this I, is the movie I we should have gotten because then you're gonna like empower because i mean luke at least in these first seven chapters is very very prominent in this right here and i mean I'm going to say that I really enjoyed The Last Jedi, you know, after I, like, was over the shock of what I expected it to be and really enjoyed what it currently is. I mean, I get it. I get it. This is the... If EU... If the extended universe had been kept as what it was, with Jason and Jalen Solo, with everything kept being kept canon, 
Um, but no, but Jason Darth and Jan aren't. We're not part of it because they obviously it's that part was not part of it. You know what I mean? But if 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 the EU was kept, I could see this being it. It's just. In a different world, if there's an EU of our current universe, <laughs> or if there's, you know, if there's an AU of our current universe, then so what? It just happens that this is this is the story into the Star that, Wars verse. Yes, into the Star Wars verse is exactly what this is. This is this is the this is the story that somebody else got. Yeah. yeah. And I love, and this is what I love about fan fiction. Yes. We got this story. Yeah. We can have all of these possibilities. Thank you, diasterisms. I'm not definitely not trying to undercut the oh, original no, no, one, but no, I'm but sorry. just this <laughs> one is like you got from what I said. <laughs> oh no 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 no! I just I just don't want to like feed into that narrative at all. But I'm definitely uplifting this one because it's so incredible the storytelling. Like what what uh, Michelle brought up with the uh, the Jedi school, it was just so like crazy to me because it really did stick to like the story. For any of those fucking fanboys I don't know if you fucking listen to us if you're a fanboy <laughs> and you want to bitch and they masturbate yeah, they they you bitch about how Luke didn't get the story that he wanted write it for us. I think Nat from Metamashima actually mentioned this is that they, she wants to see that. Like I want to see it. Let me read your story. Like bring it out. Tell me what it is and like if I roll my eyes like you know what Sir, you may be writing a story that has already been told a hundred times because as a reader, I've read all of these stories that men have written that are super boring because they're all the same. Uh, Gary Stu called Luke Skywalker saves the day. You know what I mean? And like, I get that and I'm okay with that. But write it and stop complaining. Write it and move on because... Women here are writing it, and we're moving on. And yeah. yes, the great part is that you can write about it and stew. You can stew all you want by writing so many extra fics where the details are different, and someone will read it, and someone will feed it. So I don't want to hear it. You can bitch <laughs> all you want about The Last Jedi, unless you're on AO3 writing about what you really wanted. I don't want to hear it. It's the same thing about voting. I don't want to hear you bitching about voting if you haven't actually shown up for the election. Yeah, the if end. you didn't participate, if you're not creating content, then just like get the fuck out. I have feelings about that in regards to disenfranchisement, but I'm going to let it go. Okay. okay. <laughs> we can talk about that later at, at length, later. but I'm just, you know, strike your own AO3. Okay. AO4. AO4. <laughs> but, but I do essentially agree in this case in the fandom, um, you know. AO6. Give us, you know, give us your version of what, you know, the, you know, this, you, you know, what's the non-feminazi version of uh, TLJ that, like, yeah. you thought oh my that gosh. you deserved, Feminazi. you know what I mean? And if you write it well, I mean, maybe I'll read it, like, shit. Um, but, but yeah, so, so we, we get tortured Ben um, and we get him and Ray like meeting on the battlefield over and over again and then we get the swamp planet with surprise my favorite character from a certain animated series um, and, and a kind of maybe even a little bit my favorite character out of the entirety of the Star Wars universe um, I'm still figuring that out uh, it's like a battle between her and Enfys Ness, but like I don't feel like they would fight. I feel like they would be really good friends. They'd snuggle. They would snuggle. But anyway, so so we we get uh we get lots of fighting until finally, Ben, is like like he finally gets his memory back, and he remembers the relationship that he and Ray had, and he realizes that the only way that he's ever gonna chance get a chance to have that again is that he has to turn on Snoke. And that he has to help Ray defeat Snoke. And so we get this amazing um, climactic battle scene of Ben and Ray, and I think Luke is there. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like maybe a couple of the other um, Jedi. Uh, yeah, because the Jedi are fighting the other, the Knights of Ren. So we get this like really great, like cinematic, cla- climactic battle scene. Um, Thea does again a great yeah. job of including these oh my extended gosh. universe yeah. elements because it's like in this fight scene in a Sith temple. The imagery, right? Yeah, in a Sith the temple. The imagery, and there's this, there's this. Um, what is it? It's what is it called? Like sh- sheer blade or like dark blade or like what is it called? <laughs> All of the ships are the same. Okay, they're like they're like something. I have to think of an algorithm for listen, this. Listen, it's like a haircut with a with a <laughs> with a like a color. Yeah, it's like 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 buzzed raven. Yeah, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Thea gives Ray what I essentially felt like was this Sailor Moon ultimate scene. <laughs> where she whips out this battle move. Well, you're like, girl, when the fuck did you learn that? Like, was there a black cat with a crescent moon on its forehead that was like, take this, you might need it. Like it's Ben Solo. Yeah, like, I don't know what this happened, but Ray pulls out this boss move, like this, this like amazing, like extended universe conception of like how to use the force as a weapon itself. Um, and she uses that to defeat Snoke. So now this is where my hoity-toity elitist ass gets like really happy. <laughs> so they defeat Snoke and uh, Ray and Ben and Luke are able to escape. Yeah, some of most the... most people escape. Yeah, most people escape. Um, and now we're at the fallout. Like this is the stuff that I care about as someone who's interested in politics and history um, and how we we affirm and create justice while moving on and being progressive, right? Because here's the thing. When Ben was Kylo Ren in this iteration, in Thea's iteration, using all these great extended universe elements, when he was Kylo Ren, he did bad shit. Yeah. He did kill Mm -hmm. people. He did instruct others to kill people, okay? And so it's like, how how are we going to address this? Like, how are we as an intergalactic community going to address the violence that was committed so that justice can be served and that we can move on, okay? Um, And this is when... Okay, listen, okay. My body isn't ready. Normally my body is so ready, but my body She's is like, I need a moment. Ready. I need a moment. I need okay, listen. So this is when this is when the E for exquisite. Before that though, there is a there's a part where they where Ben and Ray talk about basically like everything that he's put her through and in no, being this gone. Is the part. No, yeah. So this is the part. So he's he's a prisoner. He's yeah. a prisoner of no, the. It, it's before that. It's when they get oh, locked in that conference room oh, together. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh, okay, so this okay, is I like. Remember. Okay, just, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. This go ahead. is like a warning to our listeners. This part is very super intense, and Thea even says in the notes before uh, above it that a lot of the stuff is happening that happened was a reflection on a breakup that she went through, and it's it's very emotional. So it's, it's in so the later chapters, though. but if that's something, wait, which part? That it's the part where they get locked in the conference room together because they're being all like oh! snippy oh! with each other. Yeah. Basically, yeah, it's great. It's so great. And, and so like he's on. They're on a resistance ship. Yeah, yeah. And they're with some of the other, like, young knights. Right, after who, they who grew Snoke. up with them. Yeah. Right, at, yeah. at Luke's Jedi Academy. Yeah. For witchcraft and wizardry. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to say that every time. I don't care. Um, and um, and they're just, like, just, like, sniping back and forth with each other because what happens is that they're eating, and they're eating air cake. It's one of the things that they're eating. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
And it's such a funny scene. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And okay. Ben gets mad that like this other man that is not Ben and cannot measure up to him, but gets mad that this other man is essentially feeding Ray. And not only that, but they're like really touchy, yeah. Yeah. lovey-dovey. Yeah. They're He's very, very affectionate. Of, like yeah. the closeness that she's developed with other people. Yeah, and it's like, bitch, you left. Yeah. It's like it's like that it's like that Drake song where he's like, you know, oh, now ever you since, going out. Yes, you know, I'm blank. Yeah, he's like, Hush yourself, Drake. Yeah. She gave herself to you and you said no. Yeah. And now she's having a good time with her hot ass self, because she's always been hot. And you can't handle it. Yeah. Ben is like, Are you rolling up a bagwoods for someone else? Yeah, yeah. Now, now you're going out, going out more and wearing less, like, like yeah, like wearing less with someone out. else. We need to come here and do his version of it because he does, <laughs> he does it. Oh my yeah. god! One of my favorite parts, and like the way that she writes there, is when, like, in Ben's perspective, he says, like, Snoke prepared him for the idea of Ray not loving him back, but he didn't prepare him for the heart-shattering reality of her falling in love with someone else and him having to watch it. And I was like, is, yes, that's what you deserve. Case, which is not the case, loyal listeners. That's right, not the case. They get locked but, in no, a conference but he's such a room drama together. It's really, it's really cute because the other Jedi are basically like, you two need to talk. And they shove them in this room and lock the door. And they're like, you're not coming out until you figure your shit out. Get your shit together. I don't know like what you have to do. You have to get it. You need to put it all in a backpack. You need to take it down <laughs> to the store. And you need to resell it. But you just need to get all your shit. And you need to get it together. And I totally just stole that bit from Rick and Morty. But I just, I really love that bit. It's, <laughs> it's significant in this in this respect. A lot of stuff comes out about Ray like developing eating disorders because of the stress. And like she's just like not... Like, basically, the depression that she sinks into when she wakes up. Because, like we were saying earlier, she's passed out when they take him. So she wakes up and find that he's, finds that he's not there and has, like, this breakdown. And just for, like, months and months, she can hardly eat anything. Everything tastes terrible. She sinks into this really terrible depression. And so it's, like, her telling Ben that. And, ben, and she's, like, you're, like, lucky you don't remember any of it. And he, like, flies into this rage because he says, I remember everything. Everything. He's like, I I remember how it felt like thinking that you didn't love me and thinking about like that you didn't care about me. And I remember like all of the pain that I went through with Snoke. Like I remember everything now. And he's like, I remember every whip, every like moment of thinking that I was never going to be face to face with you again. So I remember all of it. That brings me back to that. If you're going to read without end. Because yeah. at the time, she sees him without his shirt on, and she sees all the scars on his back that the Sith rituals have given him, and uh, Kylo says he feels from her how upset she is that she didn't mark him first. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. God. Uh, yeah. Way to bring it around into a circle. There you go. Uh-huh. Um, so, and then, so then after that, they, like, go to the hearing, whatever, prisoner stuff, and then we're on, we're on to where Sophia left off. Okay, yeah, okay, so, okay, so, the Resistance, Rebellion, New Republic, uh, the homies that are left who are like, okay, now we have to establish another government and get our shit together. Uh, they're yeah, like, this poor, this poor life. Right? Poor galaxy. Poor galaxy. Yeah, right? Um, so, they have been imprisoned, and <laughs> Ray is, like, she kind of, like, begs her way into his cell. The night before his trial. Because they're worried that he's going to be sentenced to death. Yeah. Um, and 
it's so it's guys y'all all of my like ladies and babies like babies yes um I just want you to know that like it's so beautiful like this is the part where I started to cry because she she comes into his cell and she doesn't even look and she closes her eyes and she has her hands behind her back on the door and she has her eyes closed and she's just like okay like first I need you to apologize yeah tell me you're sorry tell me you're sorry and he's like I'm sorry and then she's like now tell me you love me and he's like I love you and it's just like it's so many feelings through the force bond first right and she's like no bitch I need it out loud Oh, she's like use your words Ben yeah it's it's like it's it's amazing because it's it's so emotional it is it's it's like erotic forgiveness yes yes, yes. erotic forgiveness yes. hashtag erotic forgiveness oh, like, and then hashtag space virgins yes yeah right and God. so and then finally 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 we get this we get like full on smut yes we get full on like Anything that these two, because, like, in a lot of ways, sexually and psychologically, like, they're still teenagers. Yes. Like, they're warriors. But, like, but the same way that you get children from war-torn countries who who have experienced terrible things that adults in military bases have dealt with. Uh, you still have them experiencing things that is well beyond well beyond what they're mature enough for. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. It yeah. like stunts them emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so we basically get like our two awkward teenage space yeah. virgins like finally picking up alone together. Where they left off. Yeah. Ready to like do the things to each other's bodies that they've been wanting to do to each other ever since Ray was old enough to like be cool at consenting to that stuff. So we get that. And, like, one of my favorite things about this is that... So they're doing all the, like... They're, they're, you know, they're doing the deeds. They're bumping the space uglies. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and there's, like, one part where he's... I think he's going down on her. And he's, like, worried that, like, he's not going to be, like, up to par. But she's also, like doesn't matter she's like you're the only one who's ever gonna do it so that's gonna be the best i've ever had either way I'm like i'm like okay i feel like okay listen listen okay so <laughs> what i'm trying to say is that what what kind of humble brag was that <laughs> what i'm trying to say is that for better or for worse i watch all the twilight movies <laughs> oh me too and same twihards unite uh, for better or for worse i read all the twilight books and Same. I have, I have mixed feelings about Twilight Hearts Unite. I'm learning not to be ashamed about it anymore. Um, Same. Oh my God. Same. Yeah. Girl. I'm learning not to be ashamed about it anymore. I definitely used to be one of those girls who was like, "Ew, Twilight." Um, but I'm I'm trying to come out of it. I'm trying. You know, it doesn't have to be a point of pride, but I can think of it like a text on a syllabus for a class. Right? It's like it's a thing that you read because. It set a standard, you know. It, yeah. it affected culture. Mariana's face wide right extent. Now. She's oh my, she's doing Mr. Burns fingers. She's yeah. like excellent. excellent. <laughs> um, I'm also trying to make Aro's face whenever things go his way in the movie, and he's like, yes, yes. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that, you know, I'm not here. I'm not here to bash Twilight fans. I'm not here to do that. That's not what I'm doing. Um, Your reading, that's all we care about. I have learned... Your ships are valid. Yeah, I have learned to respect your fandom, and I'll fight for you. That's what I'm trying to say. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, but just, but you know, the Twilight fandom, like the Twilight, the story itself, the text itself, and it coming from like a specific kind of white woman, there are aspects of it that are problematic, just like there are aspects of Star Wars that are problematic, just like there are aspects of Raylo that are problematic. You know, I'm not erasing that. Like, I accept that, okay? And, you know, I will not, I'm not going to fight with anyone who comes up to me and they're like, Raylo has, like, these themes of, like, abuse that, like, are not getting addressed. And I'm like, I get it. Like, I, I hear what you're saying. You know, I don't entirely agree, but I do understand how a person will arrive at that conclusion. So what I'm trying to say throughout all of this is that I felt like Myers in Twilight was trying to contextualize the virgin marriage and virgin sex in this way that lent it a certain level of divinity or specialness that I feel like in reality just isn't there. And I also feel like um, with something that um, curiarchy, like coming out of like a tradition, uh, Abrahamic tradition um, is, you know, is there to um, police, especially female assigned bodies. Um, but telling us that like we're special if we wait for marriage and X Y Z and all these things, right? So I if felt I felt not, like uh, if you're not like other girls, yeah. And I feel like I feel like Twilight plays into that, not necessarily on purpose, but I feel like it's very evocative of that. But I think I'm st- like I'm I I I I don't want to say that like I get it or understand, but I feel like the feeling that a lot of Twilight fans got. When Edward and Bella were finally married and, like, they were having consensual married people sex on their island, on their honeymoon, uh, Isle Esme, um, uh, I feel like that's the feeling that I got when Ray and Ben are finally able to be together at the end of Kingdom Come. Mm -hmm. Like, after everything they went through. Yeah, our, our awkward space virgins are finally together and, like, there's something about, you know, I, I think that... For whatever reason, I wasn't able to completely pick on pick up on the bond that Edward and Bella were forging with each other. I think I was distracted by a lot of other things that were happening in the fandom, in the movies, in the culture, and in our acceptance of Twilight. Um, that Thea was able to make a little plainer and clearer for us uh, in in to Kingdom Come, um, and. Or maybe it's it maybe just because it was like you know maybe Twilight just didn't suit my tastes personally it didn't like hit all punch all of my buttons, um, but sort of the Jedi was punching more buttons for me, um, but I, I like I was like I get it like I finally get like the appeal quote unquote of the trope of the virgin like the virgin sex partners like finally getting together because it's really about this relationship that they built. It's about this trust that they built and this trust that they fought for and they were finally able to snatch back from Snoke, from someone who was trying to separate him because having there be a, a, a separation between them suited his purposes better, right? So finally, uh, you know, they've snatched that relationship back and now, but the, it, they also have to rebuild it from the ashes. And the fact that they have the type of relationship that when they are having sex for the first time, and I think that's what it is, because in Twilight, we do not see the communication during the sex. We do not see Bella saying, oh, more like this, less like that, or Edward saying, like, do this, not that. Like, I feel like that's part of it. Whereas in Sword of the Jedi and To Kingdom Come, we're seeing 
Ray and Ben trying to figure out each other's bodies and how that kind of started when they were in that hut and on the swamp planet. Um, and, and so there's a lot more communication there and it's hot. And, and that, and that, and that brings us full circle to like female gaze to like the whole reason that y'all started this podcast in the first place, (laughs) because it's really fucking hot when two people are having sex and it doesn't matter if they've never had sex before or if they've had all the sex before, but when two consenting people are together and they're having sex and they're communicating and they're telling each other, I like this, I like it when you do that, do more of this, or like, please do this. And the other person is like is into it like I'll do this I'll do what you want me to do you know regardless of gender uh, we're in space regardless of species when that is happening it is fucking hot mm-hmm. it's hot Thea made virgin sex fucking hot for me okay <laughs> I mean she- there I'm gonna be honest there's a lot of virgin sex that I'm all about so I feel like just in general fan fiction for me yes made virgin hot sex I mean, virgin hot sex. Virgin sex hot. I'm sorry. I, yeah. Virgin hot summer? I what? saw this um, meme, or maybe it was like a post-a-secret thing, but it was like, um, you should have sex before marriage because otherwise, if you get divorced, the only dick you know is the dick that betrayed you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, if that's how you want to think about it, then yes. I was yes. like, I was like, that's, uh, that's, yeah, I was like, I've never thought about it that way, but I'm definitely not usually on the, uh, I don't know, like, uh, sometimes virgin, like, loss of virginity and fix is a little problematic. Yeah, I mean, it really but, just depends on the writer, yeah. Yes, but I super loved this one, like Sophia was saying, it's just, like, so much communication, Plus, just, like, so much, she just, like, teased us with these kind of gentle moments of Ben coming in and out of Snoke's influence throughout the entire fucking thing. And then it's, like, so much buildup. My favorite, my favorite canon in my own head, head headcanon moment, is that Ben is a virgin. Like, he always is in my head. Like, he's so intense. No one is that intense in their real life unless they have not had that release. You know what I mean? (laughs) If they have only in their entire life had angsty, passionate moments in their head with someone. Because, I mean, obviously Ray's not the first person. In the same way that we were confirmed with Solo that Leia was not Han's first time. Quote, unquote. You know what I mean? Uh, And so... It's one of those things where I just feel like, for me, it makes sense that, like, maybe Ben has had obsessions with other women, but that's his thing. He obsesses about them, but he can never fully act on those obsessions. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And then he's got Ray, and it's so beautiful. And he does not die in this fic. I, I, that's probably important for everybody that to know. That is very important. Because one, that would be, is. like, soul-crushing if he died after all of that. I think they end up having him go into exile and Ray's like, I'm fine with this. Let's peace out together. I do want to add one thing that I thought was like amazing because not only do they get that step together, she also, the Austrians also gave Ray her own journey. And it was seeing that growth is one of the moments that I like a pivotal moment where I cried because when we get to the part where, um, Ben comes back as Kylo and he just he he destroys a Jedi temple and he kills some of his closest friends that he knew like brothers and sisters. And at the end of that, she had not been like gone through the the ceremony of becoming a Jedi yet officially. And in, in the middle in the midst of this like destro- her destroyed home, the only one she's ever known, 
Luke, like, does the ceremony and he, like, I guess, what is it that he says to her? He says, I mean, he, it's like her prophecy or whatever. Yeah, he tells her the sword, um, that she is the sword of the Jedi and that... Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so when she, when she agrees to go into exile with Ben, she tries to give Luke her lightsaber back. Yeah. And he's like, no, like, keep it. Like, you're the, yeah. you're the sword, you're the of, the sword of the Jedi. Yeah. Like you're you're the sword of the Jedi when the sword is the Jedi's last resort. resort. Well, yeah. and see, and I feel I feel like a lot of fic authors they're so in love with Ben that they have a hard time taking themselves out of the Mary Sunus of Ray. You know what I mean? They're like, okay, let me self insert myself as Ray, so she's gonna be very generic in the same way that Bella Swan was in Twilight, in the same way that uh, what is it, Fifty Shades of Grey woman? What's her name? Oh my god, uh, the one that was Anastasia Steele, the one that was based on Bella Swan. Yeah, yes. and Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, so that sort of thing, which is why I felt I always feel like diastrisms loves Rey as much as she loves Kylo. And I, I really appreciate authors who love Rey. I'm looking at you, secret Raylo trash. I see your love of Rey. So the moment that I'm talking about that makes me cry, that actually made me cry was, so you know how Luke tells her, like, you will, you will bring peace upon others, but you will never know peace. That's what he tells her. So then at the end, toward the end of To Kingdom Come, she is on like a, she is facing off like it's like the biggest pivotal moment and as she's like like shooting you know like off like whatever it is like you know killing and stuff she's t like tearing up and she's like i am the sword of the jedi i will bring peace upon others but i will never know peace and that part actually made me put the phone down and cry because she repeated her prophecy back to herself and i still get chills when i think about yeah. that moment and it's it's also great because we're get Thea is giving us a scene of of a female warrior and and the psychological burden of that and and th i'm not saying that the same sort of feeling or context can't be done with uh, a a male warrior or an another gender or non-gender person but it's it's th I feel like there's something about when you take the feminine gaze, um, when you when you have a, a non-male author um, creating that warrior that warrior archetype, mm -hmm. like what we're seeing uh, in To Kingdom Come, uh, that we're able to see a lot more of the emotional side of what does it mean to be a human weapon, you know what does what 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 does that entail. What is the emotional, psychological burden of being someone who who has to do the killing, who has to do the dirty work to bring peace? And I think that that is an, a really important viewpoint, and I think that Thea gives us that in Sword of the Jedi. Um, and that is how I felt about Rey in the sequel trilogy, but we don't get a lot of that um, exposition about it because it's a movie. And so there's a lot more sort of like visual indication about it. We get a lot more from, say, like the soundtrack, right? Or, or from the visual cues and the cinematic cues. So it's really nice to get that in a, in a text, in an exposition format um, where it's like, this is the cost. This is the cost of taking a young woman and giving her all of this power to do right by the galaxy. Yeah, and the all toll that, that, that is going to, yeah, The yeah. toll that that's going to take on her humanity. Um, but that's also why I believe so much in 
Raylo because these are two people who have been given so much power that they are the only other person that they can turn to who will understand the the responsibility that they've had and the experiences that they've had um, that, 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 that have been required of them, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Sophia could go on forever. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think we all could. <laughs> I mean, um, and I know that it, it makes the fic sound like really, you know, deep. And it is deep and it does have like action and sadness. But but she also like effortlessly weaves in this, these funny moments. One of them in, in the final battle scene is when when uh, Kylo, like be, he's been now and he's been trying to gain everyone's trust. And like he, he sees that nothing's ha- like that he he feels helpless because everyone is going out there risking their lives and he's like what do i do so he hops on a on a ship himself oh my god and he yes. checks he checks in and he's like checking in from whatever ship and then poe po is like uh is that like is that ben and then they're like uh like he tries saying like in pilot talk like to stand down and ben's like i'd like to invite uh the head pilot to like shove it up his own ass or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes like to shove it and like they start, the banter starts back up. Like yeah, well, and, you, and you, I will pe- say just to draw back to her, a her modern AU's in uh, Ghost Walks, she does have a lot of banter between Kylo and Ray that is very tender and very witty. You know, uh, I love I love it when banter is different from author to author, and it's 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 very good in Diastrism's fix. Yes, absolutely. So this this um, whole sort of the Jedi series is super, very emotional, very angsty, but I feel like entirely worth it. If you haven't checked it out yet, please find it on AO3. If you're familiar with any of other diastrisms work, you know, like the quality that you're getting into. And I know, like, please don't die of shock that we're recommending a T and, and a couple of M's on, the, of on this episode. <laughs> but they are just so good. And like um, Sophia and Mariana were saying earlier, they're like the Raylo sacred texts. Like, this is just give you such a better understanding of the universe. And, and like, even though it's not canon, it's totally canon. It's canon, and like now I feel like I know Ben and Ray. It's so quantum much canon. Quantum, quantum canon. canon. Can I just say that the moment, the moment that Ben, because Ben had to take down Snoke eventually on his own, kind of. Yeah. So when he's running through and he's doing this, okay, this scene is so like cinematic because as he's doing this, the the ghosts of all of his friends that he. Mm-hmm. killed at the jedi school they all come back to help him i'm so excited they're all helping him along like getting involved and i wept because he yeah. finally accepts it and he's like yeah. feeling so emotional because he's like thank you for this help like I you can't are wait. helping me i can't wait yeah don't wait keep reading <laughs> keep us <laughs> updated. i'm only on chapter seven i'm, getting, I'm only well, on chapter i'm getting emo- i'm getting emotional up. just like talking about it again because it was so such an incredible story, such a masterpiece. Yes, yes, absolutely. And if you're not familiar with Diastrism's work, this is a great place to start out. And if you like long term, long ter- long form fix, if you're not into long form fix, then start with Mirror Bright. It's only six chapters, and it's worth your time. And if you like AUs, then I would say go ahead with Ghost Walks because they're both very good uh, dabbles in what diastrisms can give you in their long form fix which is totally worth it and if you want something with matt the radar technician this is my honorable mention variations on a theme of you she did a oh yeah radar radar a a radar fic it's short only a couple chapters i'd say i don't know six or seven maybe a little more smutty 
Question mark? Smutty? Oh, oh, definitely oh, smutty. Good. Okay. I don't so, ever want to hear Thea ever saying that she is not it. She's embarrassed about doing smut because every single author who's like, I'm terrible at smut has always been stellar. I'm looking at a lot of authors that we've already recommended that I follow on Twitter who talk. If you're ever looking for like shop in what they write, like Twitter is the place to go if you're looking for authors and how they write. So if you're interested in writing fan fiction and you want to see some of what's going on in authors' heads while they're writing, Secret Raylo Trash is very good about talking about what they're going through while they're writing. Uh, so is Diasterism. Slip Going Under is very good about talking about what they write about. Uh, Gino, J-E-E-N-O, I haven't read very much from them. They're also very good about talking about what they're going through with writing. Like, follow your favorite fic authors. Follow your less favorite fic authors through their interactive. Violet Hour, which is still my yes. one of my favorites, does it too. Also I love, very good. love Violet very Hour. Good. Very good. Shout out, Jules. Mm -hmm. All right. So I think we're at the part of the show where I'm going to talk about <laughs> what has updated on Everything. past fics. Well, actually, we don't have that much that's updated from our past, like, since our last recording anyway. Um, we have Nest of Salt, Everything's My Fault by Like a Dove, which is the companion fic to uh, We Could Plan a House, We Could Build a Tree. She did say that she made herself cry over this last update for Chapter 13. So if you're following along with that, we're getting into the heavy. We're getting in, like, close to the end of the, of the Nest of Salt um, from Ben's point of view. Um, we also had um, Your uh, Pretty Little Heart um, updated, actually two, had two additional parts uh, added onto it, and I apparently like missed it somehow. There's a series of one-shots where only Chapter 6 is related to um, Your Pretty Little Heart, and then there's another Part 3. So if you, um, if you follow that fic, if you read that fic, go check those out, and you can just go to the... Um, your Pretty Little Heart AO3 and then just go to the next work for that one. Got to get myself connected, updated with a part two, which is it's only T for Teen. so cute. But it's so cute. It's about Ben and Ray having to give the birds and the bees talk to their alpha son. Oh, yes. geez. And it is adorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daddy Ben... Is super like, cute. Like, is it I on get, for you? like I get some McTavish vibes. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But just like some like really classic Ben vibes, and I'm just kind of like, I want to have your big Dilf energy. Yes. The last one that updated is is something that this author has been um, writing versions of the original fix. Um, this is Lemon Hot Water, which oh my is God, the Raylux the Raylux edition of uh, Lemon Hot Summer. Oh my god. Yes. Because we've got we've got Lemon Hot Summer. Yes. We have Lemon Hot Mess, which is our yes. femme slash femme version. Slash. And then Lemon Hot Water, which is Kylo, Hux, and Ray. So that's three disaster fix in one go. Yeah. So let me just tell you, this tag is Wake Up Naughty Children. It's Raylux time. Yes! Yes! <laughs> my favorite tag, like, ever. Enthusiastic consent tag. Yeah, it's so, like, like, okay, as, as she who pursues two husbands, first of her name, <laughs> not even, um, <laughs> But if, you know, um, you know, like if I had to describe myself, uh, if she who pursues two husbands, uh, like all the Raylux stuff is just like hitting or even like when it's like 
Ben, Finn, and Ray. I don't even know what we would call that. Like, um, uh, there is fix about that. If you'd yeah, like, yeah, no, me I read, to recommend oh, I read that. Them. No, I read that. Essentially, when it's Finlo, wouldn't it be Finn Raylo? Finlo, Finlo, Finn Raylo, Finlo. That's Finn and Kylo. It's Finn Raylo, maybe. Finn Raylo, maybe. Oh shit! Now I'm I gotta say Finlo. Wait, le- keep going. Whatever. Talk about anyway, it. Find anyway, it. anyway. When it's when it's uh, when two men can get over themselves and can please a woman and maybe even please each other while they're pleasing that woman, it's hot and I'm into it. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so uh, if you enjoyed Lemon Hot Summer and Lemon Hot Mess, be sure to check out Lemon Hot Water. It's only at one chapter right now, but Pretty Girl did say she's going to add at least one more chapter um, at some point. Also, can I just say that I put up a poll about what 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 are we doing this episode? Like, hey, we're recording. What are we recording? And I had not that many votes. I had like six people vote. But I had four of those six people vote for an entire Fem Slash episode. So can that be a future episode? Because I really want us to do an entire Fem Slash episode because I feel like it's worth our time, right? Yeah. We've definitely mentioned a few on the uh on the podcast before Wrong Room by Pretty Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Lemon Hot Mess yeah. by Pretty Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Linear A. Let's have a conversation. Uh, us mechanics by Linear A. Is another uh, one. Yeah. yeah. Um that's definitely something we're interested in. So if you have recommendations for us for our parent there's not fem enough slash fem slash there's not enough. Fix. So sorry. send it send us what you have because we need it. Like immediately. And then we have one more fic that was like an update of just like something that happened in our lives. I also think you may have missed uh doing the unstuck is on chapter twenty, I think, at this point. Oh, okay. Doing Did we ever talk well, about I was just going to talk there? about Kate right now. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. So, going okay. Under. okay, go ahead. So go we, ahead, have, go ahead. we have an update that was like just based on our, our lives, something in our lives. And it's not like necessarily a fic that we've talked about before. But if you follow us on Twitter, you know that our own Dark Lady K was m- maliciously attacked by a glue gun when she was trying to help Kylo fix his helmet. I mean, I, I mean, was, she definitely. was being super <laughs> careful about it. <laughs> definitely not star. Not definitely nothing to do with uh with uh story time at all. I'm a librarian. Yeah, so nothing to def- do with that at all. Definitely not. No, she was actually fixing Kylo's helmet and then got three third degree burns on her hands, um, and they had to be bandages. She was like our little mummy for a while. So slip going under. Kate wrote a wonderful fic, uh, to help Kate feel better. Did you want to? Talk about that, Kay. Oh, gosh. Okay, I have to pull it up. Hold on one second. <laughs> um, so, uh, Slip Going Under of Doing the Unstuck Fame wrote me this great fic called Hands Free Mode. Mm. Uh, a failed threesome <laughs> ends with both Ben and Ray tied up in an hour to kill before help arrives. How will they cope without the use of their hands? Since we all know <laughs> that hang- hands are a language. And uh, I will say this, that uh, Kate, Slip Going Under, has said that she wrote this in two hours after drunk. So give her props because she did a very <laughs> good job. Uh, Secret Raylo Trash mentioned, how do they still do the banter how do they still have these connections when their hands are completely tied together? And I'm like, because Slip Going Under is the queen of banter. Like, lighthearted banter. If you haven't read Doing the Unstuck, listen to um, our Phantom Episode 8, which is going to come out soon, I promise. <laughs> it is great and wonderful, and it's probably already out by the time you've listened to this. It is. It really is. Um, yes, and then, and then, like you mentioned earlier, um, 
her fic, uh, Doing the Unstuck, has updated to chapter 22. Now in the updates part of our podcast, we have a chapter in which we are heavily featured from Slip Going Under. This is mm-hmm. Doing the Unstuck, chapter 18, Dancing on My Own. And we referenced uh, Doing the Unstuck's uh, Slip Going Under is doing the unstuck um, in our last episode, which was episode eight, the lost episode. Yes, absolutely. We did talk about that. It is so good. So uh, we won a contest uh, that was on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. That's Kate. Uh, Slip Going Under was uh, raffling off, like, make a comment and you'll you'll see if you'll be the 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 uh, Ray or Ben like relationship. Yeah. Ray or Ben may date them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we did comment twice, I think. Four to yeah. five times, the <laughs> five of four of us plus the podcast. And I was like, didn't actually think we were going to win. Yeah. Um, and then Kate was like, hey, so I guess Ray is going to be dating a podcast. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, that's great. She's into Polly anyway. So you're this is, it, it makes Perfect. sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then we were talking about all of the things that would happen if you were dating four people and how difficult it would be because you would have to schedule five different schedules and then mm. we were trying to think about how difficult would it be for you to go out to eat with someone because you'd have to choose five different places to eat as well because okay one person wants pizza the other person wants chinese <laughs> someone else wants thai and so then you'd end up going all by yourself anyway yeah <laughs> so we were trying to decide if whether or not that would be worth it for somebody like called Ray. postmates <laughs> right just exactly order in. in every day but then you've got day. people like me who are like just tell me where to go and guide me as we walk because I'll always be on my phone and I'll just show up. (laughs) (laughs) So um, this is a part I'm going to read an excerpt from this chapter where we come in. She's about to sit her ass down on the cleanest part of the disgusting restroom floor when the door slams open. It's surprising since roughly 94% of the patrons are male. Four women crowd into the restroom, all talking at once. Probably a bachelorette party. Ray braces herself for them to woohoo at her, even though it's specifically against the rules at this bar because they think they're out for Poe's birthday, so they're out. Yeah, at and a bar. it's and it's also a uh, like a like a Western theme bar. Yeah, wearing like Western gay bar chaps yeah. and stuff. Um, but the woohoo doesn't come, nor are there tiaras or sashes or penis name tags. Instead of seeing, th- instead she sees things that are much more intriguing. Beautifully tanned skin and curly hair, Sophia. <laughs> a hotter version of her elementary school art teacher, Mariana. <laughs> a, short, a short and curvy woman with great tits and cool glasses. That's Kay. That is me. And fi- thighs like a fucking Amazon. And that's me. <laughs> Any- yes, does anybody want to talk about... Their description, because I want to talk about mine. Well, Kate did ask us how we wanted to be described, so I really appreciate that. Because yes. she doesn't really like know us just via the thing. Yeah. And so she asked, how do you guys want to be described? And I was yeah. like, oh, geez, this is going to be hard. Yeah, I was like, let's just give her a bunch of stuff and then she can pick like yeah. what what will fit best for her. Yeah. And and the, the premise of this chapter is uh, Ben and Ray have definitely done some things like they do in uh when harry met sally <clears throat> and uh this is now the end of what uh the fallout of the, of what has been happening 
Mm -hmm. Um, So that line that you get where it just happened at the wedding, this happens in this uh, chapter as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of information about how our Ray Harry character deals with this kind of um, emotional uh, feeling as well as how uh, Ben deals with the fallout too. Some people really dislike it and Kate was very worried about that in this chapter. I remember talking to her and she ran a poll like how do people feel about uh, Ben or Ray having sex with some other people besides each other? Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel as a reader? And she got a lot of people who really didn't like that that it really pulled them out of the thick. So that's something to be aware of um, in this chapter, because we're the people who Ray (laughs) is definitely emotionally, if not sexually, cheating on. But I guess it's also like, I don't know, like, I feel like it's easier. It's easier for me to see our character, to see Ray and Ben um, be with other characters because, like, I know they're going to end up together. Yes, that is something. So I'm just kind of like, all right, so this is an interesting stop on the Raylo train. But we all know what the destination is, you know. I also yeah. think that 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 being an AU of an AU, you know, <laughs> like it's like not only AU Raylo, but AU uh, when Harry met Sally. Yeah. Uh, one one of the things that I really appreciate about this fic is that AU squared. Yeah, AU squared is that Kate really uh, makes a big deal about making sure that the Raylo storyline meshes really well with the when Harry met Sally storyline, and that this is a big part of the Harry Met Sally storyline is that they become friends. They hate each other. They become friends. Then they become lovers. Then they become enemies. And then they're back together again. And seeing yeah. each other with different people. And then also seeing their reactions to their exes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's vulnerability there. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that vulnerability, I think, is, is a big part of when Harry Met Sally. And a big part of the reason why that movie was A, so successful. And B, still, like, relevant yeah culturally significant pop culture today absolutely i mean this this whole story like like i've just read chapter 20 like they're a fucking mess like (laughs) ray and ben (laughs) like ben kind of has it a little bit more together than ray does right now Mm -hmm. but in chapter 20 ray is just a a smidge more disaster she's working on herself but she's a disaster so i really feel like this is also like a love letter to ray yeah Uh, just in general, so. Yeah. So, <laughs> speaking of interesting stops on the Raylo train, like Sophia said, um, in this chapter, continuing in this chapter, um, Ray, as she's like sitting on the floor and just meets all of us, then who, she almost says aloud, God really is a woman. And then there's lots of, uh, you know, Poe kind of explains who we are that we're a, a explicit fan fiction podcast and that we're helping him get set up with his own podcast. And then there's lots of body shots, lots of dancing. So yeah. So thank you to Slip Going Under for writing us in, even though I'm sure this is not your intent on, um, you know, having your contest be one. <laughs> I'm sure you were intending <laughs> on being like one person. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yes. thank you for including us in this chapter. I mean, after we, after Ray kind of gets pulled away from us, it gets super angsty. And dark, um, yeah. So mm-hmm. just keep that in mind. If you're just in it for the, for the fun um, cameo that we make, <laughs> then, you know, stop after she leaves us, but don't actually stop because this thing is super good and the <laughs> oh, AC so good. And it's, just make it that much and better. And it's getting, it's, it's close to the end. I think maybe it has maybe three more chapters, four at the mm-hmm. most. Um, yeah. So it's on chapter 20 right now and they go so fast because I was just rereading it before we did this now and the, the banter between 
uh, Rose and Finn uh, uh-huh. because they're married and they have a child. Yes. Is amazing. It's so funny. And just like you've got Hux and you've got Poe who are kind of hate fucking each other, but also kind of hate dating each other. It's it's so good. It's so funny. It makes it it makes it really, really enjoyable and it goes fast. So it's at 20 chapters out of 22, it says, but there's a pretty good chance that we'll get an epilogue with this one. Um, I know a couple of people that are waiting until it's done to start it. And I'm just like, get on that. It's almost done. So um, <laughs> so speaking of slip going under, speaking of Kate, who we love and we all love to interact with on on Twitter and Tumblr, there was an incident. Our poor or dark lady k burned her hands doing making things for other for little children like making things for other people because she's just so charitable and like such a fucking badass so this bitch ass glue gun that she was working with exploded <laughs> exploded no, and burned explode. her hands it, it, it oozed. <laughs> why is everyone telling the story that happened to my hand i Got a second degree burn on the back of one hand and a third degree burn on the palm of one hand is is a disaster. I was bandaged for like two weeks. K being bandaged is what led to this hands-free mode that Slip Going Under wrote for K. Says, most importantly, this is a gift fic for K because who needs hands right now? (laughs) No, exactly, exactly. And um, so this whole fic is about... Um, Kay, do you want to talk yeah, about it's, it? It's uh, Bazine and Ray and uh, Kylo. Ben, excuse ben. me. Uh, ben and Ray are, are already together. This is not a doing the unstuck like meta fic or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just the one shot. Mm-hmm. And Bazine is like a third party that we're bringing in. We're still playing this idea that like Ray is, is by. And so Bazine comes in as like the third, ties them both up. And then pieces out because she doesn't want to be the unicorn. She's tired of straight couples using her, quote unquote. So she just leaves. She just leaves. I'm I'm bisexual. Go ahead and use me. I don't care. (laughs) 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 So so she leaves and just leaves them both tied up. And And naked. And naked. And like already midway through the arousal process. It wasn't like, hi, we're going to tie up. I'm going to go to the bathroom. It was like, let me spank you. Let me get you all riled up. And then I'm going to go to the bathroom and actually close the front door and leave. So they're, they call Poe because, you know, of course, Poe's the one who, who fishes them out of these kind of situations. <laughs> and Poe comes to save them, but not, not until, not until after they have already had sex and it's pretty hot and there are no hands involved, lots of mouths, lots of weird squirming, uh, lots of core exercises, yes, lots of core <laughs> exercises. Of course, you know, Kylo's, a, I mean, Ben's a giver, so he gets, uh, you know, Ray to come quite a few times before he gets his, his, uh, his own orgasm there. So it's, it's great. It's really great. <laughs> so thanks, Kate. I loved it. We all loved it. it we all like did. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's be real. We all loved it. We loved it 3000. Oh! <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. No spoilers. No spoilers. I'm sorry. Sorry. We all um, saw Endgame recently. So. Yes. We've all seen it. Um, so at, when Kay first had her hands bandaged, Mariana made a joke because it was right around the time that we were seeing images of Kylo's helmet being glued back together <laughs> that this is how she burned her hands. Oh, yes was trying to piece totally Kylo's awesome. helmet back together for him. 
Totally and then she burned her hands and couldn't finish it, and Kylo had to do it on his own fucking self. Which is why it looks like a kindergartner like did it, yes. A toddler. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> he does not have the glue gun experience that I have. How about that trailer? Yeah, so, we're, so we're, as, we, as we ease into that, like, as Mariana said, like, we're just so happy because our fandom is being fed right now. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just, mm-hmm. like, so many delicious morsels are, like, cropping up, like, fan art and predictions um you know whole new stories just like based on literally like a minute of like montage footage Mm -hmm. you know it's beautiful it's beautiful and we're very very grateful but my ass is still sitting over here like you trying to tell me that you the whole ass supreme leader of the whole fucking galaxy and you can't buy yourself a new goddamn helmet like really Ben? Really? <laughs> That's not what it's about I'm sure there's a bunch of theories about it I'm I'm sure it's about like you know, okay, so like my my take on it was that so he shows up masked in Force Awakens, right? And then when Snoke forces him to take the helmet off in The Last Jedi, it leaves him vulnerable. And then he channels that vulnerability towards his relationship with Rey. But then when she rejects him at the end of The Last Jedi, he retreats. And so I see him putting the mask back on as him retreating back into symbolism. Yeah, I know it's symbolism, right. but like it still makes me just feel like, but why though? Well, <laughs> because he can, I mean, what he thought he had, like he thought he had control over his emotions with yeah, the helmet and he's trying to regain I think that. it's, That's if it's him, because I mean, there are, is the theory that it isn't even him because of the hands that are gluing it back together. Like when we saw it in the teaser trailer. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. I have but, but if it is him, I would say that it's because he's so like stuck and stubborn and refuses to let go of the past, even though he tells Ray to let go of the past Everybody and let it die. To it, yeah. Because there's a theory mm-hmm. that he he fused uh, Vader's part of Vader's mask as well, like his helmet oh, with it. Uh-huh. So it's him just refusing mm-hmm. to so let go. Part of his. Like, yeah. You could have mm-hmm. just have someone fashion a new one, but no, you refuse to let go. So much Even so. though his bitch ass is over telling Ray, let go of the past. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. That's silly. That's so annoying. Then I saw another fan theory that was like when that part where he's like slams the shit out of that person uh, mm. on that red planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look closely at the arms on the person that he slams, there are they're kind of furry in the mm. same way with long hair, like over the hand part. Yeah. They're saying that maybe the mask is on that planet and that planet's uh, inhabitants, the aliens on that planet, mm-hmm. have furry hands. and They're the ones putting the mask back together. Yeah. So I thought that was so really like, interesting, too. He went to go get it. So maybe it's like a trophy or something. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, right. you know, there's so many different things. But I will just say that since I saw Avengers Endgame yesterday, seeing someone on Twitter was like, I'm going to the theatrical release of the Star Wars teaser yeah. trailer tomorrow, which was yeah. is 100% true because I got there and I was like shaking with excitement too. and mm-hmm. here fucking Palpatine like laughing yes. at the end. Yes. And it yes. was so good. So good. Like. JJ hardcore stands Ryan Johnson. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Those, like, they're bros now. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I, this is. Uh, I've been reading a lot of menage fiction. <laughs> she's seeing, she's seeing, she's queering everything in the world today, right now. Um, but like, As it should be. I feel like the sequel trilogy is like this amazing, complex person that both. JJ and Ryan are dating. 
Mm, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Um, and that this person is like the way that the two of them like feel with their like homosexual feelings for each other. Like, <laughs> like that, like that last part in in <laughs> Tu Madre Tambien. Like, oh. it's like, and she's like, now you two kiss, and they're just like, oh shit, I don't know if I'm ready. This movie is where they kiss. Is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. JJ went first and then Ryan went second and JJ is like, okay, I'm ready to embrace like who we are as like husbros. The fact that you equated this to Itumama Tambien, I'm still like, oof, I'm alive right now. So basically Ryan and JJ are and, and the and Mama is 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 the Star Wars no, franchise. Because like I those are bros <laughs> that have always made me feel feelings too. Diego Luna. And uh, I can't think of his, the second one's name. Gabriel. Gael, no, Gael yeah. Garcia. Gael Garcia yeah. mm-hmm. and Diego Luna. I'm like, those bros. Oof, those bros. Yeah. yeah, the idea that there would be any animosity between JJ and Ryan to me right. is just so incredibly laughable, like you said, Michelle. Yeah. And um, and the fact... Think about it, too. Like, okay, so like one of the, one of the major contestations about The Last Jedi is how it's so different right how it's so different it's not, it's not but it's though. not like, like thematically feel- i think it's not that's i think like the most that i could say um yeah, when, when it, you actually have nuance and you understand tropes and and depth yes 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 exactly and so i really feel like you know what ryan did the only person who really could take on rise of skywalk take on the you know the the finale besides ryan would be jj um Mm -hmm. because jj set us up for the last jedi and then ryan totally went with it i mean it's just like and george lucas himself said years ago you have still you haven't still seen the ones that are yet to be made like the whole point of the journey is to get our boy back like yeah he basically already said what what was coming like and then Kathleen yeah, like, Kennedy. Yeah, and you and and if you just and if you just like you were saying, like if you if you're looking at the tropes and if you're looking at the um the circular storytelling that's happening here, it's just it's so obvious. But all of that, all of that is to say that like at the, at the <laughs> at the risk of defending two cis cis white men, um, <laughs> JJ and Ryan are having like this really beautiful artistic conversation with each other. Yeah, um, that they want to have with each other, and so the, the 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 very notion that they would be at odds with each other, I just think is well. Just, I think that it's telling that they don't understand though. that. I mean, it's not telling. It's kind of obvious. It's laughable because, to the point of annual. Well, it's just, just you know how you said that whenever Steve Rogers was having that support group, and to them yeah. it didn't like track with them that it was too like it was a gay man talking about his romance like love life. Of course, yeah. If the, if they didn't get that, of course they're not going to get what you're saying, Sophia, because that's too yeah. nuanced. You're like we're yeah. expecting way too much from like very basic. Listen. They're getting all very of their basic. news, their emotional news from Mark Hamill, who is just feeding the fire of fanboys <laughs> by posting posting <sighs> pictures of, of hashtag Mark. of hashtag hashtag what missed opportunities. Missed and I'm opportunities. Just like, I, I get that you wanted to have your Game of Thrones, uh, you know, episode two moment 
where everybody got together and had a tender mm-hmm. moment before the end of the world, technically. Mm-hmm. I get that. I get mm-hmm. that you wanted that, but that was not part of the story. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Padman and Anakin didn't get their last moment together. Sorry. In no way, shape, or form, you know? Like, it's a tragedy. And what it is is yeah. I feel like the beginning, when you find out what happened to Luke, what happened to Ben, and what happened to Leia, it is. It's a tragedy. And that is part of what makes storytelling so good is that you mm-hmm. do get tragic moments along with the happiness. And if that means that you guys don't get re- reconnected, which I feel like us as as 20th century viewers, we get a lot of reboots. We get a lot of reconnections with um, mm-hmm. old characters. We get uh, we our our culture right now is very recyclable. We recycle so many things. And that's not how traditional storytelling goes. You know, if you're reading a book about a long epic fic, a long epic, uh, you know, fantasy mm-hmm. uh, novel, you're not going to get those moments in the same way that you do right now, which is just fan service. It is. It's just fan service. I want- I'm going to put all these people on screen just to make the people who are paying for tickets happy. I want to give a shout out because this is one of the tweets that I thought that like explained it the best. And it was ironically by another like, I think he's another guy. Adam Lance Garcia, he wrote, the Skywalker, he actually writes, Pinch's Bridge of Nose. The Skywalker saga is about generations and legacies, new heroes picking up the old heroes' swords to continue the fight, the cycle of good versus evil. It's never been about the previous generation sticking around for one last adventure. Audible sigh. So he's just like, yeah. Oh yeah, I think I saw yeah. that. He, he's a producer, like, and he's just like, how do you not understand this? Him and Chuck Wendig both voiced it perfectly because Chuck was like, I adore Mark Hamill, but does he under like I wish he understood what he's doing by pandering to this. Yeah. Cause I don't think I think that's part of it is that Mark doesn't quite get it. <laughs> like what the comment like that or even just the fucking hashtag. Like I don't yeah. think he but then again, quite He's also been, uh, you know, interviewed as well, saying that, you know, he really wasn't happy with the way that things went. And I'm just like, I'm like, but you saw the script. You saw the script when they when they brought you on. They had some idea of what was happening. You know what I mean? You knew that you were away from the battle and you knew that you were away from your sister. And Mm -hmm. why would you be away unless you were on some epic quest? It just confuses me. You still would have had to cut yourself off from the force. It just confuses me because he's always been also very cheeky about Raylo and not in a bad way. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, I'm very yeah. confused here. You're sending me mixed messages. You know, people well, are that's... nuanced and on complex individuals and that may just be his MO. You know yeah. what? I honestly think that, you know, like when he posted that thing about quote unquote missed opportunities, it's just that like uh, Uncle Hamill is just, he's uh, he's a little oblivious, honestly, mm-hmm. even to the own things that are going on in quote-unquote his fandom Mm -hmm. um and so i'm not surprised that on the one hand he's been flirtatious about raylo but on the other hand can't see can't tell when certain kinds of fan art or or memes are actually coming from a toxic place yeah because the the guy who created that three thing said here's Mm -hmm. what should have happened and he listed essentially a retelling of the the original star wars saga where they all get back together and they all do this and they all do that and they all everything lives happily ever after you know yeah and uh i think i think that mark you know he gets so much love not that he doesn't deserve it 
Right. Um, he's been a champion for the franchise, you know, since the beginning. I mean, he wore like all types of ridiculous outfits, right? Like back in the eighties, <laughs> you know, and the, like promoting the movie. Like he's done yeah. all ty- like he's just really been a champ like the whole way through. And I don't want to erase the exactly the commitment that yes. he's put into the fandom, but. Mm-hmm. He at the end of the day, like he's a rich white guy. Your faves are yes. problematic. Where everywhere he goes, everyone loves him. Mm-hmm. And so, like, like y'all were saying, like, so he he doesn't really just even really have access, I think, to a lot of the information that would help him look at something like that and be like, oh, this isn't coming from a good place. Yeah. Um, and so I can't even like I can't even really even be mad or disappointed because I'm literally just like, oh, Mark Hamill, you know nothing. <laughs> like I think he just can't quantify the idea that all of this is he's going to have feelings about that. The fact that it's coming to an end because he approached this franchise, I think, way differently than anyone else. I've said it before. I think that he's a really like a really vulnerable actor. He takes like mm-hmm. the things he does so to heart and and seriously, because, I mean, if you put him together with with Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford has always been like, I don't care. Which is why I tweeted, I've never stand Harrison. I don't care for it as much as I do right now. <laughs> because I feel like the only reason he came back was because he was like, oh, you're, kill- you're kind of killing me off in the first one? Okay, I'm good. Let's go. I'll do it. Yeah, I think him seeing it is probably like Mark seeing the photo was probably like, oh, yeah, ha, 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 missed opportunities. Like, oh, yeah, that would have been cool, too. We have to remember that he probably had emotions because he saw he saw someone that he really, really loves and is still kind of mourning. Um, he st- he does say, say, he does say back in the, in a, in a tweet after that, he said, saw a pic of me with Billy D Carson, uh, Carson, I think it means Harrison. No, he and went Car- Harry? Harrison. Harrison, Harrison and Harry Harrison. posted it because I miss them. Nothing more, nothing less. I love the new cast yeah. too. And didn't mean to get everyone's knickers in a twist. Maybe I should have just posted a bunch of end game spoilers instead. And that just comes off as just like real passive aggressive. Yeah, and just and well, it came off as gaslighting and dismissive. Bottom, that's how it came off. Yeah. Well, he said, and he said to relax. Yeah. And honestly, like, this is the best way to get me more riled up is to yes. tell me to fucking relax over something that I have every right to be like upset over because it, that just made it more clear he just, that he does he not just, understand. He perpetuates really like it, it's uh, you know whatever. It yeah. could, it, and it could lead I was me gonna... to talk to like a whole lot more other things, but yeah. <laughs> more TED. Um, this is our TED talk. Um, and I was going to say too, like, I understand that especially now it's probably getting to be harder for him because this is coming to an end. And I feel like him and Carrie Fisher ha- um, like developed a good friendship because of this franchise and, and the franchise coming to an end and not having her around anymore. I feel like that's, kind of starting to weigh on him and get to him too also uh, an aside i found the um person who made the actual original photo manipulation and he posted a meme of prequel fans when you make fun of the prequels everyone's laughing it's a whole picture of anakin's anakin laughing and then Mm. sequel fans when you make fun of sequels and it's a picture of ray being tortured by uh uh snoke you know when she's like flying (sighs) and her screaming and hashtag missed opportunities i'm sorry uh whenever the prequels were made fun of i wasn't laughing because i was getting made fun of for liking them so i don't know who he's talking about i guess he's just speaking to his toxic fandom because, like, the whole reason I didn't embrace yeah, right? the fandom was because when I was a teenager and I watched the prequels, I got made fun of for mm-hmm. liking the prequels. So I do not yeah. I do not know who he's talking to. Let me just, like, just to kind of further explain how bad this was, like, how, how like, looked down upon it was to be a Star Wars fan when we were younger. I 
played magic in junior high. And I was part of a group of guys that are like, I was the only girl in this group of guys that would like go out and play magic in junior high sometimes. And like, I would openly do this, but I would not openly admit that I was a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Because like that, like the level of toxicity was just would have been so much higher for admitting this other geeky thing that I did did. Mm -hmm. versus like sitting out in the quad with my fucking deck of... And I do black magic. I do want to I do want to say that this image, you know, I get it. Like there are people who don't like the sequels and that's that's fine. Like you can you can not like it. Produce your content. You know, this was content that this gentleman produced uh, as part of as part of what he wanted from the fandom. I get that. Mm -hmm. And I I I we would be hypocritical if we weren't saying produce the content that you want to see if you're not right. seeing it. So right. I, I respect that portion of it. It's just when you start bashing other people that I'm just like, are you serious right now? Yeah. Um, and I, I, and in this case, this content here makes me feel that it's like, well, you didn't get that content. So why are you? Well, no, I mean, you know, it's probably fine. He's creating the content that he wants to see. And that's exactly what we want to do. So the end. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just hard for them to then discredit when like when they go on to then discredit the current um series and the actors in the current films then that's when it's kind of like all right just okay stop already like five sentences ago and let's talk about what we did like about the i was just gonna say so (laughs) um let's talk about the fact that poe and finn are on an actual physical ship flying through the desert I was like, I ship them on their ship. So someone hard. was calling it. Uh, what was it again? It was a uh, oh, mad, uh, mad Max Fury Pro, po. Fury Poe. Yeah, that was my favorite. <laughs> That's my favorite conversation of this whole thing. Is that it looks like they're in a dystopian fucking like land race, and I love it. I love it yeah. so much. Yeah, that scene, the the like speeders that they were on reminded me of the Cloud Riders from uh, Solo. Solo. Mm-hmm. So yes, I'm wondering if. We're gonna have like the descendants of the Cloud Riders like come back around, so like that would be really interesting, and like maybe get some Enfys Nest mention. Yes, so listen, good. don't get my hopes up about that because I'm already Enfys Nest is best. Yes. <laughs> Our Lady she of Rebellion, best. she knows best too. Listen, and she would be—I mean, she was younger than Han when they met in Solo, true, so like true. she You're would right, be right. around like Princess Leia's if possible, age. If possible, yes, yes, I'm seeing it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Red hair with some gray, elegant space cornrow up to yes. Sophia's looking for this. Sophia's looking for this. That running kick into the tie silencer that has spawned a million and one trailer sex silencer boning sessions. Yeah. Just just you need to just look them all up because they're all delicious. They really are. Out here backflipping into our hearts. I know, right? There was one that I saw that was just funny. It was like someone did a little cartoon drawing of it and then the top of the silencer opens and it's oh, Kylo yeah. with sunglasses on and he's like, hey, babe, get in. <laughs> <laughs> and like That's he just so like cute. picks her up and they fly out and it's so cute. I was really I was watching good. the trailer yesterday whenever we went to see a, like the theatrical release of the trailer. Yeah. And Maribel yeah. was sitting next to me and she got so excited Um she just she's so excited about it. But I remember I leaned over and I told her the theory is that they're training and she, her face just lit up because she was like, that makes so much more sense. I get it now. 
<laughs> okay, and so now the reveal. How did everybody feel about Palpatine? Oh, which I love. Everyone calls him oh. Palpy. Palpatine. Okay, so Go I for Papa Palpatine. <laughs> so Papa did anybody? Palpatine. Did anybody watch the live stream? It was me and Mariana on the group chat watching it like live. Uh, I think you were sleeping and you were at class. Wow, um, just call me ah! out. I mean, you were sleeping. And it, was <laughs> like, it was like eight o'clock in the morning. Like, of course you were sleeping. People don't need to know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I was watching it in my office. I was watching it on my tiny ass phone as I'm like editing records um and i i like look over and mariana's like live tweeting this to me like as we're talking on the group chat oh yeah i did live tweet oh yeah okay all right so we watched it we watched the whole panel Uh Uh the thing came up and i was like where are the people to talk about palpatine because the actor came out it's just like everything Mm -hmm. was all down we watched the first episode we watched the, the first time he came out Roll it again. He's like, yes, roll and, it up. and everyone again. was like, who is that? I screamed <laughs> when I tell voice. you. I did. I ran. I, did. I, did. I like. I literally was like, okay, I need to get take out that pick that picture of Palpatine drinking Starbucks because I've been waiting for the moment to use this, and this was the moment when I tweeted, "It's <laughs> over for you, hoes." That's exactly what he was like. He rolled up and they're like, it's over for you, hoes. I've been here the whole time. It was always me. That's when my friend went on the rant when he was like, oh, I always think it's hilarious when people complain about middle movie, doing middle movie things. And he he, he went on a whole rant. He was like, oh, you don't understand. You don't understand why Snoke dies so fast. Maybe if you wait. Yeah, if you know it's going to be a trilogy, then that means that yeah. the second movie has to have failure in it because it's not over. So, like, some like the, someone has to fail. Like, something has to not go right. Like, like duh, people. Like, that's how three-parties work. <laughs> um, but uh, I just want to take this, take a minute to let people know that, like, if you if you haven't seen them or if you were unaware that they exist, um, I really need you to go on YouTube and I need you to go find, like, all of the old um, robot chicken Star Wars clips where they deal with the prequels because there are some excellent Palpy moments. Okay? Just, like, there's a lot of really great, like, stop animation, Palpatine in his senator office, you know, running shit comedically throughout the galaxy and it's great and i just want you to know that those are there for you if you need them for emotional support my favorite yeah. part is when ian mcdarmond comes out on stage he just looks so gleeful and <laughs> my favorite meme that has come out of this he's is like evil is, space santa he's, he's <laughs> there with his with his with his like microphone and his his sunglasses his glasses on he's like roll it again and the meme has his has his eyes sparkling. oh yeah they go red like the, like roll the, it the, again. they go red and it was just, it's just so good. Listen, and if you have not read um, the Sword of the Jedi series that we've talked about on the podcast before by Diastra. Like 80 billion times. Yeah, 80 right. billion times because it's so good. One for every should, light year in the verse. You need to read it, though, because when Palpatine's cackle came on, first of all, I like literally jumped, which is not easy for mm. me because my back Same. looks like a half played game of Jenga. Oh. Um, but I literally jumped and and I was so, I was so excited, but it just called up, um, to kingdom come for me because in that fic, it's like all these kind of different things are happening with the dark side, but it it was all a manipulation from one person. Yes. Yes. And I was like, Oh my 
God, this is just like this is so much like Kingdom Come. And I yes, was like yes. freaking out. Yes. And it, Raylos have been reading the signs since the very beginning. I just wanted to say one like thing mm-hmm. if we can add to this, mm-hmm. and that's just that I want to acknowledge like this is why we do fan fiction mm-hmm. like reviews, but to me it really showed me the healing, how how nurturing and how empowering the women in this fandom are, especially with fan fiction, with the whole controversy that happened with the Vader comic. That da- Dae, Dae, she was named. She had no name. So Dae, Dae deserved better is like one of the things that I keep seeing. And I just yeah. want to acknowledge and lift up every person in fandom, every woman in fandom that that basically yeah. gave her a name and has been doing art uh, to respect that the character that was like intentionally yeah. played dirty. Yes. Writing, oh. writing fix, writing fix, doing, naming her, writing. It just, it just feels to me like they did want to have this woman fill in yeah. every fangirl. And what our, our corner did is we took her and mm-hmm. they have been healing her and they have been subverting what they tried to do. And it's like we took yeah. it around and empowered it. Yeah. And I just think that that is like the perfect way. It's the epitome of what we what fan fiction and was you even know, created. If you yeah. are writing a fic, if you so. are working on art of, of any kind, if, content of any kind around um, this character, Dae, please Dae. do us. Please. Add us on Twitter. Yeah, tag yes. us. Tag us on Tumblr. Yes. Send it to us um, at smutcut smuthutpodcast at gmail dot com because um, we wanna we wanna see it. I mean, like Mariana said, we're really interested in lifting up and um, lifting up this character and and everyone who is helping out um, to lift her up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, non men out there uh, and our trans homies, like. Yes. We want you to know that your fandom is valid. And, like, that's, you don't even, that's not even a Raylo to Raylo thing. That's just a fan to a fan. Like, your fandom is valid. Like, you do not have to be assigned male to, to enjoy Star Wars, to, to have, like, to be able to talk about it, to be able to publicly embrace it. So, we just want you to know that, like, we see you, we hear you, Mm -hmm. um, and you belong Mm -hmm. here. You do. So... That brings us to the end of our podcast. Um, we of our diasterisms extravaganza. Of our smut juggernaut, a diasterism story. <laughs> so that is, that's all we have for today, loyal listeners. We love uh, you. We yeah. love you. Yeah. Thank you for listening. That's Thanks for the ride. It. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Get in touch with us on Kofi, Twitter, and Tumblr at Smut Hut Podcast. Thanks to our editors for this episode in New Hope, Blowjob of the Hut, and Boss Nasty. Music by Ramsey's B on SoundCloud. Bye.